Howdy, everyone. Happy Monday. Today is Monday, December 7th? Yeah. Ouch. Wow. It's Monday, December 7th. Uh, <laughs> you're watching Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter, and I am joined, as always, by Carrie. But this time, this time, Carrie brings a colossal hat. Not just a hat. It just, a colossal it just hat. looks bigger on camera. This is my... It's an awesome hat. This early Christmas present from my fella, and I love it. It does have a big feather, which is, I don't know if you can see. I love this one. Yeah. You're definitely a yeah. hat person. Hats work on you. Every, thank you. Everybody can be a hat person if they want to be. Just put it on. I saw somebody in the comments once, some uh, woman said, oh, I wish I could wear hats like that. I'm like, just wear them, because then you'll be a hat person. And... You know, just get the one that works for you, that you like. Carter's a hat person. You wore that great hat from Pirate Tomsky last time. I've been, uh, I I think I mentioned this uh, either in chat or somewhere, but um, I've been wearing that hat out. Like, I like that hat. Yes. And that it it does, it's a two birds with one stone kind of hat because my daughter is hugely embarrassed by me wearing that hat out. So. (laughs) (laughs) No. She went, she was, uh, she had, um, riding lessons yesterday and, uh, I normally just don't go to the barn. She spends all of her free time at the barn, but yesterday I hadn't seen her ride in a while. So I was like, I'll go. And I sat there with the hat on and she was quite embarrassed that her dad was sitting there wearing that hat, but I think it's a cool hat. So I like it. it. I do. Yeah. I wear it. It's it's good and proper that an eleven year old would be embarrassed of it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just embarrassed about anything I I would do. Any hat I wear would probably be embarrassing. So yes. uh, I think that's fine. Um, someone says when your hairline receding hats are a bad idea. Uh, no, I think that, no, hat, that's when they're a good idea. I because I was actually thinking she would understand if I had no hair on the top of my head. I would, she would totally be cool with you know covering that up, but. Uh, All right. Well, welcome again to Unsafe Space. Um, Please don't forget to support the show by liking, sharing, subscribing. Make sure you're still subscribed because YouTube does like to unsubscribe people. So uh, if you think you're subscribed, you might not be. Also, I appreciate the support we're getting on Subscribestar and through PayPal. If you want to support the show financially, we won't mind. It might be okay. Uh, Go to unsafespace.com slash donate, and that will give you ways. You can go to Subscribestar, PayPal. You can use... Bitcoin, if you want, um, or Bitcoin. Ethereum. So, huh? I feel Bitcoin. Like Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Um, and as a reminder, December 20th, Moon is a Harsh Mistress is Book Club coming up. I haven't started it because I know it's going to be a fast read. I've read it before, and um, I want it to just like, it's going to be a, a relaxing weekend when I want to read it. So I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting. Um, and then on January 24th, we're reading Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. So if you want to get a head start on that, uh, you can do that. Also, as a reminder, we have a clips channel, unsafespace.com slash clips will redirect you there. I think the YouTube channel, I think if you go to youtube.com slash unsafe clips, that will get you there as well. Yeah, yeah I um, think so. But uh, that uh, that's just for a short, you know, for those of you who don't like hanging out for three hours and you just want to, or you want to just share a portion of a show. Beverly makes awesome clips out of these shows and throws them up on the clips channel for us. Yes. So. Uh, I miss you, Carter. 
you missed me or you miss me currently? No, I missed you. Yeah. It felt like a long weekend. Oh, I see. Anyway. We didn't talk over the weekend, really. No. no. So it's good to see you. It's good to see you as well. <laughs> We're going into crazy lockdowns here, so we can't see anyone. Uh, I know. In California. It's, I, it's, I, by the way, I have a lot of COVID stuff I want to talk about today just because um, I there's just so much COVID stuff going on. But yeah, we're in this mode now where mo lots of California is back in the lockdown thing where like no haircuts, no leaving the house, blah, blah, blah. It's and I think Orange County and I think San Mateo County have both said they were they will refuse to enforce it. Um, Good. I'm surprised that San Mateo County said that. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And and it's not just like the next week it's all the way through january i think january 4th so they're just like it's a big f you to celebrating the holidays and the new years um it's it's pretty bad uh did you see jeffrey tucker you know from fee he did um I know fee, he shared I some see anything he did no i'm gonna send you this he shared okay. some graphs which are just absurd when you look at it. Um, these are specifically about New York City. And I know, as we've talked about before, there's a reason why they're not showing the, they're not focusing on the death rate anymore. They're just focusing on the positive rate, like the infection rate. Yes. Which, of course, the more testing that you do, Obviously, that's going to get higher. Oh, I just saw your Santa hat. On. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, okay, I anyway. Okay, so I just sent you this. Uh, Someday this everyone will see tweet. my Santa hat. That's private for Carrie right now. <laughs> only Carrie gets to see it. It was a gift from Knitters, but I'm saving it for. Uh, I'm saving oh, it for great. celebrating Christmas. Um, I can't wait till everyone gets to see it. All right, here, late. Let me put this up. Yeah. So this was just. It sometimes. You know, you can get facts and figures, but sometimes looking at a graph just visually helps you understand something better. So he tweeted this and he said, I'll just read it out. He says, what the hell is wrong with people? The capacity to think seems to have evaporated. And then this is a graph of the daily new deaths in New York. And if you look down at the bottom, you can see this is starting in uh, March, like around March 12th and ending on December 3rd. And for anyone who's not looking, you can see there was a high uh, spike around about April and yeah, May. April. It yep. started falling off in May. And the you know remember when they were saying flatten the curve? So the curve in terms of daily death count was flattened like right around May. And then you have this very, very small, almost invisible bar graph line. From about May until where we're at December, there's a tiny little uptick in December. Tiny. Yep. And that's where we're at. But because of, the, like, it, it just helped me to visually remember what it was like when they kept saying two weeks, two <laughs> weeks to flatten the curve. Remember that? Oh. oh and now yeah. it's indefinite. Indefinite. Yeah. Why? Well, What's this is a... I you're this is a great segue, Carrie, because um, I want to talk about. Man, this is pissing me off. Sorry. 
sometimes it's like my emotions get too much that I can't, I'm so angry that I can't speak. Um, okay, so I wanna talk about testing. Keith, the hat guy, I think it was Keith, so I'm sorry if it was someone else. I think it was Keith, shared a COVID testing article, which I found quite fascinating. Um, and we have to get like slightly sciency, but it's worth it. Trust me that it's worth it to understand what's going on. Um, so here is, here's the article. Why mass PCR testing of the healthy and asymptomatic is currently counterproductive. Now, we should probably, we should probably take a moment, maybe I should just take a moment quickly and explain uh, PCR testing. So um, PCR stands for polymerase chain reaction. By the way, I am not a biologist or chemist person, um, but I was an electrical engineer and I, I suspect that we might have some computer science slash electrical engineer people in our audience based on some discussions <laughs> I've seen. So I'm gonna give an analogy uh, a PCR test is kind of like a photomultiplier tube, for those of you who know what a photomultiplier tube is. But the, the way it works, so the, the virus has RNA. So, so generally the rule is like DNA produces RNA, RNA produces proteins, proteins produce us. Like that's the kind of biology 101, right? Um, and so the virus has, there's like viral RNA, and you can have RNA from the virus in your body because you are over it. It could be totally like mostly gone, like it, it'll last and kind of die slowly in your system. So you can have RNA lying around and not at all have an infection, not at all, right? You could, you could be, um, in fact, what they, what they can try and do is try and incubate the virus from your RNA or from your thing. And if they can't, then you don't even have it, right? So, um, but you can, you know, you might have exposure or you might have past been exposed and getting over it or whatever. So um, what a PCR does is they take that RNA um, and they put in an enzyme in, this is, again, this is very elementary version of my explanation, but they put an enzyme in this bath with the, with the RNA. They take your sample. So your sample supposedly has the RNA in it if they're testing you, your, you know, snot or whatever the hell they're testing, right? Um, and they put an enzyme in it. And this enzyme um, basically takes, if the COVID RNA is there, it, it creates DNA out of that COVID RNA with, with, something, with a, something called fluorescence on it. So it, it'll emit it'll fluoresce, it'll emit radiation, very low level of radiation. Um, and so it binds to any, any RNA that's there, it kind of produces this DNA. And then the PCR process basically takes the two strands of DNA, um, they, they, they put it through something, a process that basically separates the DNA strands, they put some more, um, they put a different enzyme, I guess, in, or whatever it is, polymerase, I, I guess, they put that in, and it then duplicates that. So you, instead of, you start with one strand, and you get two strands, right? And then you do it again, and you do it again, and you do it again. Um, and so each time they do that, it's called a cycle. And so what they do with the PCR, PCRs, you, to, to know, to detect this level of sensitivity, you need to know kind of how many cycles they went through on this PCR. And what they do is they do that a whole bunch of times, and then they see if they can detect any fluorescence from the sample. And if they can, then it turns out that there was some RNA in there, and it got turned into DNA, replicated a whole bunch of times, and that was present. And if they can't, it was absent. That's kind of a how they how they think about it. But okay. So we're gonna go through this and and um, just have this in mind that every time you uh, 
every time you do another cycle, you're you're getting more and more sensitive detection of RNA. So theoretically, if you did infinite cycles, you would basically always get a positive, always in quotes, maybe like one tiny RNA strand <laughs> was present that's dead and you would still get a positive result. Like that's kind of the, the mathematical theory of it is like it would eventually, you'd eventually pick it up. Um, so let's look at this article really quickly. So why why testing the healthy and asymptomatic is currently counterproductive? So um, this article mentions that the CDC recently changed their testing guidance. And it says, if you do not have COVID-19 symptoms and have not been in close contact with someone known to have COVID-19 infection, you do not need a test. A negative test does not mean you will not con contract an infection at a later time. If you decide to be tested, you should self-isolate, blah, 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 blah. Now, there's so this is this is good that they're they're saying you shouldn't test unless you have symptoms and the reason that's good is you don't want you don't want you can get positives just randomly you can get the population you just get positives if you don't have any infections so you don't want people out there testing diverting resources and time and energy away from people who are actually sick but the the main point here is what's still true about CDC's website and I double checked this these are the CDC testing guidelines all right um the CDC testing guidelines says you look for this fluorescence after up within 40 cycles. So that means you do this PCR cycle thing I was talking about 40 times. And if you detect fluorescence after 40 times or before 40 times, then it's a positive. Okay? Okay. Now, a couple people have studied this. A few different people have studied this. It turns out, I'll just read some of these. There's a Canadian study that found that the live virus was only detected when the cycle threshold was less than 24. Now, when I say the live virus is detected, they, they take it and they try to actually cultivate the virus. It means um, if you're, according to the Canadian study, if you're getting a positive test, but it takes 25 cycles, it's actually not a valid positive test. You're not, you don't actually have the virus. You, you're not infected. You, okay. you tested positive, but you're not <laughs> infected. You, you, there might be like a dead strand that's getting picked up, right? But you're not infected. So according what does to that the, dead strand mean? That means that you did maybe have it at some point? It might point? mean you had it. It might mean you were exposed to it and like just, you know, it didn't take. I don't know. I'm not a okay. biologist. But, but I do know that it means they're unable to cultivate the virus. You don't have an infection. And the reason that I, I want to point this infection. out is the mainstream media is conflating the word infection with positive test results, and that's a huge problem, as you'll see in a minute, okay? So this Canadian study says, look, you don't actually have an infection unless you detected it in less than 24 cycles. Otherwise, it's it's just a positive that doesn't mean anything. Um, another, SAM, another study, a French study, on the duration of infections, they cultured samples from PCR tests. So again, they took these samples that you were being tested and they tried to grow the virus. They gave it an optimal environment and said like, hey, let's, can we tease out? Can we give the sample COVID, uh, right? And they produced this graph. And what you can see from this graph is basically their, their number is 34, but after 34 cycles, no one, no one actually had the virus. And, and according to them, um, and, and this is a recent New York Times article talked about this as well, 
Um, specimens detected in the 24 to 34 cycles rarely show any live virus. So basically, if you're way up in that high end, it's taken a lot of cycles to find it, you're probably fine. You're probably fine. Now, let's get back to what we just said a moment ago. The CDC is using the 40 cycle threshold. Now, if you do some really simple math and you just say, so it turns out that every cycle degrades the, um, degrades, it degrades by 33%. So you're, you're, um, the likelihood that you have a real, your, your like, your likelihood to actually cultivate a virus degrades by 33% for every cycle. So if you just do the simple math between 34 cycles, which is the upper limit of this French test, the French study. If you just do the math between 34 cycles and 40 cycles, which is the CDC number, what you find out is that you're getting 90% false positive rates at that end, right? And they, they spell it out for you here in this article. A literature review of studies on infectiousness based on PCR testing found two studies showing that the odds of live virus culture reduced by 33% for every one unit, blah, blah, blah. The bottom line is that 70 to 90% of positive results from COVID-19 PCR tests are currently inaccurate because they detect viruses at levels that are either too small to transmit to others or simply a remnant of recent exposure. So what makes this even more interesting? Here is a graph that they did. The blue line is uh, test results, reported cases. Now they're calling it a case, an infection, if you have a positive test. But of course, as we just saw, a positive test doesn't mean you have an infection, but that's what they're using. And if you'll notice, uh, and the, sorry, and the orange line is deaths. Okay, so the deaths were at a peak, what here, back here in April, mid-April, towards the end of April. It's hard, I know this is probably hard to read. There we go. Positive tests upturn here on June 9th. So notice, what they've done, they've started to, what they did was they first they started to test people that didn't have other symptoms. And what that does is just obviously increase the likelihood because their test is so hypersensitive, it just increases the likelihood that they're getting false positives. So what you see here though is these things, the death rates and the infection rate, the quote infection rates, positive test rates diverge. You're having way more positive tests. At the beginning they were together and now they've massively diverged. And you have, this goes through beginning of September. So I don't know how old this article is, but a couple months. So you've got lots of cases, but actually not a lot of deaths to correspond to those cases. And this is why you can see it again here in this graph. Cases is the blue stuff in the background. Um, and this is the seven day average of death, this orange. Um, this is why they are they, this is why they've switched to talking about cases instead of deaths. And what they're doing is they are using these cases. They've got a hypersensitive test. So they were doing two things previously. A, they had a hypersensitive test, and B, they just started testing people randomly, like almost randomly. Like you don't, you don't have any known contact with anyone with COVID. You don't have any COVID symptoms. We're going to test you. And then we're going to use, and we're going to test you with a hypersensitive test that's, that's likely to provide a positive result. And right. then we're going to use that information to justify mass hysteria and lockdowns. Um, 
And yeah, it is good that the CDC recently said, well, you know, the guidelines are you don't have to test unless you have symptoms now. They've they've changed that. But they're still using this hypersensitive test. And a lot of states and a lot of a lot of uh, counties are ignoring the CDC guidelines and they're doing massive testing anyway. So you're getting all of this testing with hypersensitive tests, and that's then therefore being used to yes. justify these lockdowns um, when there isn't really a justification for these lockdowns. Um, Does the article kind of go into that and make it plain for people? Because I think part of the problem would be just explaining everything that you just did. I tried to make it, it plainer than the article. So okay. yeah. <laughs> maybe it needs to be made plainer than that. Um, but I guess the summary is the tests are hypersensitive. There's a very high false positive rate. And so talking and, and infection and positive tests are not the same thing. So you'll hear mainstream media say, in fact, you, we just looked at this. Um, you're actually, I don't know. I don't think I have it anymore, but you, you sent, oh, here it is. Oh, these are daily deaths. But if you look at like infection rates, they'll say, oh, here, here are the infection rates for this area. Those aren't infection rates. Those are positive test rates. Positive tests are not infections. Um, well. But they have conflated the two. And so they've convinced everyone that there's massive infection rate when that's not true. There's a massive positive testing increase, not a massive infection increase. Um, in fact, here, well, let's go, let's use, let's look at another piece of data for fun. Here is kind of a fun site, Our World in Data. Um, this is kind of hard to see, but we'll, we'll try and see it anyway, because both the linear and the logarithmic graph are, are kind of not clear, but we're gonna, we'll walk through them. The orange is daily confirmed cases. And this is in the world, by the way. And the bottom here is uh, deaths, daily confirmed deaths. Now you would look, it looks like there's a lot of, a massive amount of increases in daily confirmed cases. And again, cases in quote, cases is being met, measured by positive tests, but the deaths have not correspondingly risen as much. Now there has been a rise in death, but it hasn't corresponded to the rise in the number of cases. And you can switch to the log chart because this death is hard to see. You can switch to the log logarithmic chart. Now a logarithmic chart is tough because each line here, logarithmic means you're, you're seeing an order of magnitude jump between each line here. So it makes it look like they're tracking a lot closer than they are. But again, this one's death, this bluish gray, and this orange is confirmed cases. But you can just do some quick math. If you look back here and you do some math, you see that the confirmed cases, the deaths to confirmed cases ratio is like 7% or somewhere around there at the beginning. And it's dropped to less than 2% over here. So they've diverged. They've diverged. And the reason they've diverged is precisely because um, we have started to rely on, we're testing more people and we're relying on hypersensitive tests. And they're using that again. So you can also see, I just, this, I was looking for counter evidence. I was looking for counter evidence. And I ran across this COVID tracking project at the Atlantic. And I was like, wow, the COVID tracking project, that paper we looked at before, their data went to about here, mid-September. And you can see after mid-September, according to the COVID tracking project, wow, the, the deaths have skyrocketed. Where are they getting that data? Well, it turns out if you ask them where they're getting that data, always a problem. <laughs> uh, they're getting it from press conferences and what state health officials are saying. So this isn't great data. You really should be going to maybe the CDC or the excess mortality rates um, here. 
again, you're not seeing a huge, you're seeing a small uptick in death, but not a huge one, right? Back in April was the big one. It's There's not another, I mean, it's it's gone up in the last week or so, according to the CDC. Here, let's look at the CDC. Here's the CDC, right? April's the peak. We're nowhere near the peak. This is the CDC. You, I mean, if you're going to use numbers and scare people, I don't know why you're using press conference numbers. <laughs> why aren't you using the CDC numbers? But if you use press conference numbers, you can make scary graphs like this uh, that make it look like the death rate is going up. Uh, crazy. Press conference numbers. Yeah, my favorite thing is press conference numbers. So... That's like that. That makes about as much sense as saying that uh, we're going to let the New York Times decide who won the presidential election. Well, no one would. They ever get do to that announce. Theory. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look and and the other thing with I, I there's a bunch of things to question here. One is deaths that are categorized as COVID, um, and it may not be. And other the other is if there was. Zero COVID. And I don't know how to do a baseline like comparison. You can't really do a control study here. But if there was zero COVID, like if COVID was complete hoax, and I'm not saying it's a complete hoax, but if it was a complete hoax, there was no virus at all, and you did all the lockdown stuff, you would expect excess deaths. You'd expect an increase in death because people aren't going to the doctor for other conditions. They're getting depressed. Suicide's gone up, like all this stuff. I mean, you saw, um, you we- probably saw this Tony Shea stuff. Have you, did you see any of the Tony Shea stuff? No. Tony Shea was the founder of Zappos. Tony Shea was he was like uh, in Silicon Valley. He was kind of well known, and in Vegas, obviously, where he lived. But I mean, the shoe company. Yep, uh, he was focused like their whole thing was like happiness and life purpose. He wrote a book about happiness and purpose. Well, he in this during COVID and his friends attribute this to largely a COVID. He was a very social guy. He had parties all the time. He's very, very social guy. Um, He went into a spiral in COVID and he started doing a lot of drugs. He started uh, doing nitrous oxide. He became obsessed with fire. He started surrounding himself with guest men. He just started doing a lot of drugs and drinking and he was very depressed because of COVID. And his friends, a lot of his friends were saying it was because of COVID. Um, Well, He's dead. He was, uh, they don't know how, but he started some fire or some fire started in his house because he was being irresponsible and he died of smoke inhalation. And like, that's a death that I don't think the lockdowns are the only factor, but they're definitely a contributing factor, right? He was definitely impacted by the lockdowns. And so you would expect excess death to go up. You know, and I've heard from people we all have about we I've heard from people well we've seen this the stats first of all the stats show that suicides have gone up depression's gone yep. up anxiety's gone up but aside from that I've also just heard from people and I'm sure everyone in chat has heard from people I've heard from people who have had suicides in the family a lot of people I know they know personally of more suicides than they do of covid deaths right. and and I've heard of um, people whose family members passed away from something else that could have been prevented if they had been going in for the checkups for a condition they knew they had. And, you know, because people are not going in to get the treatment that they need for other things. And that's a problem. And right. we're not we're not talking about those lives. And, 
the virtue signalers who are all over these authoritarian lockdowns and mass mandates who are basically lying and saying, if you oppose these measures, then you don't care. People die. I'm so beyond tired of those people. You're hypocrites. You don't actually care about the people who are dying. I would argue there have been far more lives destroyed by these measures than there have been lives saved in quotes. And right. they don't care about all those lives destroyed. And and those are just the people who've died. What about all the people who've lost their livelihoods, lost their homes, um, increased homelessness, increased, you know, we're, we're going to see the effects of this for a long time, oh, years. a long time, years. Yeah. And it's not, and all these people who supported these authoritarian measures they're going to want, I know the human impulse is they're going to want to say, well, these are the results of COVID. No, these are the results of what the government did in response to COVID. Shutting down businesses, telling people they can't go to work, pushing people onto unemployment. And, and you know, for a lot of those people, unemployment has run out. Yep. And, you know, yep. I know just anecdotally, I'm sure everyone in chat can think of people they know who fit the statistics that are showing us that drug drug addiction rates, alcoholism, all of this stuff has gone up. Domestic right. abuse. Right. Um, well, someone like in the I chat just, was saying opioid overdoses are off the chart. Opioid That's not overdoses. Yeah. yeah, of course. Right. Of course. And I'm just tired. You know, for a, a while, we've all been on a roller coaster this year in different ways. And when the lockdowns first started, remember when I went through my real angry period for a couple of weeks? Well, I was really angry at the people supporting the lockdown measures, and I started breaking one of my own rules for myself, and I was calling people sheep, you know, and mm -hmm. the name calling was not good for me, and the anger was not good for me, and I, I managed to, like, let go of a lot of that. But now I'm in a place where it's tempered. It's not like it was back then, but some of the righteous anger has returned. I feel very much, like, I don't blame you. I understand the power of propaganda. I do. But I do not understand you. I do not understand you if you stand by the government destroying people's lives unnecessarily and continuing to do so. And we're how many months in now? We're almost a year in. We're almost a year in. Yep. Have you not woken up yet? You're I mean, we are a year in. If past, you count when COVID yeah. started in China, we're a year in. Yeah, but into yeah. the lockdown measures and stuff, the, right. you know, started in March. So we're we'll be there soon. And mm -hmm. what are you doing? Are you still are you still supporting these measures? I know some people have woken up, and that's great. I know some people who supported those measures and no no longer do because the longer it drags on, I think the easier it is to see that this has gone way beyond trying to trying to help people the the lie the lie that this is about the public good bullshit this is yeah. not about the public the public is not doing good <laughs> like well the the other thing that i think uh again this is kind of an elitist attitude too right um this idea that uh that these that Mixing with other people in some way, going out and doing your job or having your small business or whatever isn't as important as grandma's life, life in quote, um, in quotes. Look, uh, if you care about grandma, what you care about, what one of the things you should care about is the support structure that grandma has around her. And if her children and grandchildren, instead of economically thriving, are 
destitute and struggling to get by, grandma lacks support structure that she would otherwise yeah. have. Whenever you waste resources on the wrong thing, you're not spending those resources on the right thing. So right. if you want to, there is a percentage of the population that's highly susceptible to COVID um, that has a like higher chance of, of, of dying from complications to COVID. Predominantly old people, people with some pre-existing conditions, they have a high chance of dying. Those people should be the priority. Those are the people that we should be focusing on. Everyone else, what we need from the rest of the population, especially in a crisis, is productivity. We need them to go out and be productive. Things don't just, things don't grow on trees. Pro productivity doesn't just happen naturally. People need to be out doing it. They need to be living their lives and being productive so that we have the resources to then divert or spend on grandma, essentially. But if you can't go out and support your kids, you don't have the excess resources to help support grandma. And yeah. the, the and idea that this is, that there's no connection between these and that we can just uh, apply these rules universally to you know, everyone from kindergartners to grandma has the same rule is ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I, I think I also, it depends on the, per like, I understand, I understand someone like my aunt, uh, better than I do someone like, uh, my former friend in Austin. Okay. So my aunt is in one of the groups that is at high risk. Right. And so is her husband. Not only are they in a, um, you know, they're older people, but they're also, he's immunocompromised. And I understand that heightened fear um, maybe influencing a person's willingness to support authoritarian measures. I do. But, you know, my well-to-do limousine liberal friend, former friend, who they drive a Tesla and live in a million-dollar home and they're both sitting at home working comfortably at big corporate jobs, making bank, not – their life hasn't been affected other than they order food all the time and – are watching net on a Netflix vacation, right? And they're shaming, they're and they're young. Less sushi and, and more Chinese food. That's basically how it's right. impacted them. And they're shaming people for wanting to end the lockdowns because they're so privileged that they're not affected by it. Right. I don't understand those people. Those people make me want to vomit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. They're both wrong, right? I mean, just because something's good for you personally doesn't mean that you're a good person I know. for supporting, forcing other people to do something. But yes, I. it's more abhorrent when it's not even good for you necessarily. You just don't, you just like virtue signaling in. Uh, yeah. And that's fun for you. Um, yeah. Uh, and and there's there's been, I mean, there's so much, again, there's so much COVID stuff, but there's this, there's this attitude that asking any questions or using your brain at all is, uh, ironically, anti-science, uh, <laughs> which uh, which is pretty crazy. Which is pretty crazy. I mean, with the, the the picture we chose for today is that that Staten Island bar owner. Did you hear about this guy? Oh, I did, but fill me in. I didn't hear all the details. I was well, here. We'll, we'll look at the New York unplugged. Times article here. Uh, okay. After defying virus rules, bar manager drives car into sheriff's deputy. <laughs> so <gasps> what he did, well, he was trying to escape. So this guy, 
Uh, they say he repeatedly and flamboyantly defied New York's coronavirus. I linked on this. I was like, what is his repeated flamboyant? Flamboyantly? Uh, was yeah. that referring to the way he dressed? <laughs> yeah, so kidding. here's his flamboyant thing was um, basically he let people come to his bar. I, there's not, yeah, I, there's not really a lot of state to say about that. Where is it? Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, he spoke out about it. This is him speaking out about it. Uh, and um, taunting Cuomo. He publicly taunted Cuomo and de Blasio, who he calls de Bozo. This is his flamboyance, uh, according to the New York Times. Interestingly enough, by the way, as what we were saying before, because of a soaring coronavirus infection rate, I clicked on that as well. It's not a soaring infection rate. It is, again, what we talked about before, positive tests. But anyway, so this guy, let's go back to here. This guy, um, he hit a sheriff's deputy with his Jeep early Sunday as he unsuccessfully tried to escape arrest. <laughs> He's trying to flee. He claims he didn't, wasn't trying to hit anyone and doesn't even know how anyone got hit, but there was a dep deputy that was a hit, uh, and he drove drove into them, and he faces charges. He's out on bail now. Um, Mr. Presti and the bar's owner, Keith McCallarney, uh, McCallarney, have maintained that the restrictions on Staten Island are unjust and impinge on their freedom. They have said people should be able to decide whether to risk being infected while patronizing the bar and have declared the establishment an autonomous zone. That only works in Portland if you're an Antifa and it's a BLM protest, guys. And I can't believe how they thought that would work. But yeah, no, they uh, they stayed open, basically. That was their big thing. They stayed open and they oh, were told the they horror. couldn't serve alcohol. Uh, so what they did was take donations and give stuff away for free. Awesome. <laughs> um, this guy um, rocks. Yeah, great guy. Um, and, you know, and they did the autonomous zone thing, which, you know, if – if the left had any sort of sense of uh, integrity, integrity, they would recognize that an autonomous zone was, oh, suddenly untouchable. It's the autonomous zone. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, not when it's in Staten Island and not when it's for a coronavirus protest. So here's the guy getting arrested. I don't have much to say about this other than good for him. Um, and uh, I don't care that he ran into a sheriff's deputy trying to escape. Uh, escape. You, he was he was being coercively detained against his rights for merely having a bar. The cops trying to arrest him are the ones in the wrong. This is a case where I would say the cops are bad. The cops are bad for doing this. This is a guilty cop. These are guilty cops. Don't arrest people like this. Leave them the hell alone. And if you get run over, tough shit. Maybe a little uh, harsh for Carrie, but that's my It's a little harsh for me. But, uh, you know, your opinion to each their own. <laughs> Look, I mean, at some point, you can't say to people, protest this stuff. But when they come to arrest you, grovel. Like I'm not saying grovel. I'm just saying I think people need to go to jail, unfortunately, because it's going to take a lot of innocent people like this guy who are just trying to feed their family. It's going to take a lot of innocent people going to jail. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not into that. I I think that's a personal choice. You want to go to jail for it? Fine. You want to try and flee or defy it and fight? Okay. It's wrong. What's being done to this man is wrong. So, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> someone's trying to make a. Bomb I agree. Jail, it is but, wrong. It uh, is wrong. So someone said there's well, no arrest. It's kidnapping. Yeah, Zoe. That's kind of how I feel. I that's kind of how I feel. It's kidnapping, not arrest. Um, and. For those of you who support 
the police, I'm supportive of police who try to stick to their upholding the Constitution and doing their job. So there are police that are doing a good job here. I mentioned, we've talked about sheriffs in the past who have said we're not enforcing these. Um, But this sheriff is a little totalitarian control freak who wants to enforce this crap. So fuck him. Sorry, Marie. Damn it. I swore. And then I swore because I swore. I was trying. Yeah, you need to stop. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's what's Um, going on back in New York. You know, I'm sorry that you guys in California are about to face further lockdowns. My friend who was living with me for a short time when the lockdown started is coming back to live with me again. I think I mentioned that. She can't work in Los Angeles. Right. It's crazy. And I don't know if you saw that video. Oh, this was so upsetting. The video that went around this weekend of this restaurant owner in California, and she was live streaming it and she was visibly upset because she spent all this time creating according to guidelines this outdoor accommodation for outdoor seating so she can try and hang on barely and now they're not going to be able to do that anymore and then she's pointing just six feet away the same setup outdoor tables and tents and stuff for a big movie production that's going to be happening right next to next to her restaurant and it's like okay my outdoor seating, unsafe. This seating right here, this outdoor seating for the movie set, totally safe. She was furious and understandably so. Well, uh, I, she doesn't realize that it's it's safe if it's woke leftists doing it. So that's the logic. I'm sure that the movies. I'm, I'm, I'm sure the entire production company is woke and leftist. So it's just it's just that that video, I think, is what put me over the edge again in terms of just being done. I'm just done with this. Yep. And I'm still being aware of what other, you know, other people's it's a weird thing, Carter. I don't know if you've experienced this. It's a weird thing because um, we're we're operating in a culture. The current culture is now has now said that, you know, those who are in favor of not just personally choosing to social distance or to shut down their business or to not go out or to wear masks, that those people are in the right, but also that that the people saying everyone should do that are in the right, that the right. state forcing that, that that's somehow in the right. And so when I am talking with people who um, disagree with me about this stuff, I'm finding it kind of, uh, you know, necessary to be very upfront about, you know, to, to to say things that shouldn't need to be said, to say things that shouldn't need to be said, that obviously I support your right to do whatever you choose. Obviously. Why should I have to say that? But I do, because we're in this place where they, the people who bought into all this crap, um, somehow... They view those of us who oppose authoritarian measures, who oppose the, oppose the lockdowns and oppose the mask mandates, they view us as somehow, I mean, it's an like upside down world. Like somehow we want to infringe on their rights. No, I don't want to infringe on your right at all. You should be able to shut your business if you want. You should be able to do social distancing in your business. You should be able to stay home if you want, wear a mask if you want, do whatever the F you want. That's the whole point. And your neighbor should be able to do whatever the F they want, including operate their business, go out to a restaurant if they want, go to a rock climbing gym, not wear a mask if they don't want to. 
Yep. And I'm tired of like, I guess because I've been, we're in this place. I don't know if you're in, in the same place or not. Maybe you're not, but because I've just felt this need to say the things that obviously shouldn't need to be said and to take care of the feelings of the person I'm talking to. And now I'm kind of just tired of that. I'm tired of taking care of your feelings. I never I'm like more taking back to, care of feelings of people I'm talking yeah, to. Yeah. Sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm back to this place of just saying no more. End the lockdowns. You know, yeah. I don't want to be apologetic about it anymore. End the lockdowns. Like, yeah. end the lockdowns. And I'm not ashamed to say that. End these effing lockdowns and end the mask mandates. And you can call me whatever you want because you're stupid and you don't understand what I'm saying. But, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask. Wear whatever the F you want. If you want to <laughs> lock down, I'm not against you locking down. And for the people who are new to this show, uh, I'm going to say it again. I know we've said this. We've reminded people several times of this, but Harlem's I want to wearing say a mask. <laughs> In January, when all of you idiots were telling people to go go to Chinese New Year and hug a Chinese person and the and the people in New York, the politicians were saying COVID's not a big deal, it's not a thing. I was locked down, not going out at all, like literally not at all, ever. We had a stock of food, we had all of our stuff. We were scared. We were scared because we had been paying attention to China. And it was unclear how deadly the virus was. And we knew that we wanted to protect our family. And we stayed inside. We stayed inside. And at the time, my daughter was going to, like, part-time going to a school and part-time being homeschooled. We pulled her. We did 100% homeschool. We pulled her out. And we literally stayed home. And we don't do that anymore because more information has come out. And now I see that the virus actually isn't that big of a deal for us. None of us have huge pre-existing conditions. We're not 80. The virus isn't that dangerous. It's more dangerous than the flu. I get it. And it's dangerous for a certain set of the population. But we're no longer as freaked out about it as we were before. But that was our decision. If you want to still be freaked out about it, do what I did. I didn't need hair salons to shut down in order to protect my family. I didn't need to be forced to lock down. I locked down voluntarily. Because I yes. used my judgment. Maybe my judgment was wrong. It doesn't matter. I used my judgment. You have a right to use your judgment. But you don't have a right to substitute your judgment or the judgment of a politician for my judgment. For you mine. Use your own judgment. For mine. Yeah. I'm not going to mock you. You want to stay home and wear a full hazmat suit? Fine. I might mock you a little bit if you do that. But you want to stay home and wear a hazmat suit and never go out because you're worried? Okay, go ahead. I don't know your situation. I don't know what pre-existing conditions you have. I don't know if you've got a 100-year-old grandma lying in bed about to die that you definitely want to keep safe. I don't know. But I don't have that. I've got a uh, a child who's <laughs> a preteen and a wife who's in her 30s We're with no pre-existing conditions. We are fine. We're fine. We don't need to worry about it. I, I, this idea that, like, a bunch of people who couldn't think for themselves when I was thinking for myself now have the gall to tell me that I'm the one not being safe. F you, by the way. There's, there you go, Marie. You don't have to pay more for the swear jar. F you. <laughs> go protect yourself. <laughs> use, use your own judgment to protect yourself. You think that there's use a zombie apocalypse out there? Use your own judgment. I don't think there's a zombie apocalypse out there. Yeah. And, and I, I'm back to being in that place of, of pissed off about it, about 
they don't understand what rights mean. And personal responsibility means you can stay the F at home if you feel unsafe. It doesn't mean you get to tell your neighbor to stay home. That's right. And not go to work. Like you make your decisions for your body and your life and what you're willing to do. I'm at the point where I've been um, looking up things. I, you know, like all of us, this year has been crazy. And even though Texas is more lax in some counties uh, than California, for sure. I mostly don't wear the mask. I get away with not wearing it. There's a couple places where I'll put it on under the nose, whatever. But mostly I'll just don't wear it. I go to the grocery store that right. say, would you like a mask? And I say, oh, no, I don't wear those. And I just keep going. And they, they haven't been bothering me lately. But but um, it's a little more lax. But there's still like any kind of uh, if you want to go to the rock climbing gym, they're going to make you wear a mask to rock climb. If you want to go to one of these sip and stain things where you go and you get to paint or do a pottery class or whatever, you're going to have to wear a mask. I was getting so fed up looking up stuff because I want to, I want to get out and do stuff again. Sure. So I was thinking, I just want to start holding some speakeasy type events and parties at my house where it's like masks are so, not necessary. I'm, Come I'm to my house. This. We're going to have a big old party and music and we're going to paint things and make paint. We're going to make, a potter i don't know we're gonna do things and you don't have to wear a freaking mask and let the cops try to shut me down <laughs> it's funny that you're saying that carrie because i mean you know me i'm not a party guy i'm an in, i'm an introvert uh so i don't like parties ever and i we almost never do anything out of the house for new year's eve like my wife doesn't like parties much either so we're both like sometimes we'll go watch fireworks but we don't go to parties this is the first year because of these lockdown orders, I'm kind of like, maybe we should have a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, suddenly I want to hang out with people. Um, <laughs> just because I'm being told, just because I'm being told I can't, which I know being is a little told childish. That you but, can't. <clears throat> no, uh, but it's, I hate, it's because it's, it's authoritarianism. It, it is. And I hate, you, I know exactly, Carter, this is in the Venn diagram of personality traits. Know, this is we where overlap we overlap. <laughs> I, I, both, I hate people telling me what to do. Don't have yep. a right i know i know and by the way the thing that's not being talked about is uh w one of the things that's not being talked about we're talking about suicide rates and depression and blah 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 i've i've now spoken to a few different parents about this there are a lot of kids that are struggling with depression like kids that should yeah. the kids shouldn't struggle with depression god kid, like who the hell when you were growing up who the hell struggled with depression like, it's not a thing for kids. I mean, it shouldn't be. Uh, but there are, like, normal kids, a lot of normal kids struggling um, with depression because they are they can't see their friends. They can't go to school. They're sitting at home playing video games or doing whatever they're doing. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to watch kids struggle like this because some jerk in government wants to virtue signal about yeah. how look look how look how my lockdowns are going we should do more lockdowns you can't go to school you can't hang out with your friends you know um my uh i won't share her personal situation but my daughter goes to uh she horseback rides and she goes to a barn and she hangs out with at, a, at with other people working at the barn for basically every time every hour she's not in school she like lives at the barn she loves the barn um and they like they have to shut down a bunch of operations at the barn. And it's like the only thing she can do right now is go to the barn 
She can't see friends. She can't go out with friends. She can't go to school. She doesn't, like, she doesn't have interaction with any. The only thing she's allowed to do is go to the barn and interact with a few adults. Uh, and, like, take care of horses and shovel horse crap or whatever else. Like, now she's not allowed to do that. She can't go to the barn anymore because of the new lockdowns. It's just, like, my heart breaks this for her. Is I don't not, know, like, what the hell? What the hell? This is not good for kids. I have a friend whose daughter um, is is some kind of special. She has special needs. Um, brilliant child, uh, but has certain social needs and issues. And this has not been good. And and just the everybody has these stories. They know people whose lives have been affected and in some cases destroyed because of these authoritarian measures. Yep. And we're just not, that's the news. Isn't going to talk about it. The news is just pushing the same old BS. If you pose these measures, you want people's to die and you're against, no, we are the ones who care about people's lives. Right. You don't get to claim that false moral high ground anymore. I'm tired of it. You, you haven't claimed you it. care it's about cheap. their lives. It's I care cheap. about them. You don't living. care. But they don't even care about their lives. They don't care no. about the suicide. They don't care no. about the depression rates, the the opioid overdoses. They don't care about the children being thrust into depression. They don't care about any of it. You're right. Screw these people. They don't. Let's do I'm some tired. super chats. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry no, no. we're ranting today, guys. You caught me in a mood. I was in a really good mood th this weekend, and then this just came out. Sorry, Party sorry. It, out of me. it might be my okay. fault. I'm kind of not in a yeah. good mood because my back's been bothered. I'm actually sitting down. I usually stand for these shows. I'm actually sitting down right now. My back's been weird. So maybe I'm just grumpy anyway. But let's do some super chats. Why bother? Oops, while, crap. Well, I while just you're pulling scrolled. this up, I'm going to say I'm going to plan my speakeasy party. I'm going to figure out what it is, and I'm going to plan it. And if you guys in chat want to be like Snake Bliskin and be rebellious, <laughs> you <need to> plan, <laughs> plan something. Now, don't, you know, it's up to you. I'm not going to shame people that want to wear a mask at my thing. You can wear one if you want to, but you don't have to. And oh, my God. I'm that. sorry. I just, something really, dis I have to read it even though it's disturbing. Okay. Uh, uh, Liddy Della in chat just said, have you seen the story about the online Zoom where the kid committed suicide during class? He turned off his camera and sound. That is. Whoa. Uh, I mean, I look. I know that I'm the I'm the cold jerk on the show usually, but I have a soft spot for kids. Kids are the last unprotected class of humans in the world. We like we treat kids so horribly, and it really breaks my heart what we're doing to kids. It it it, it totally breaks my heart. I don't you know it, you make me choose between the average ten year old and the average ninety year old. I'll choose the ten year old. Like I. I, I, I don't understand this society where we just think that we can put our kids through anything and it will be fine. Um, it is, uh, it's horrible. And the, the idea that some kid on a Zoom class could get that depressed, I mean, the fact that suicide's even a thing uh, among kids is depressing enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone just said, I'm literally crying, Carter. Yeah, Tatiana Fisk, I, I, I get it. Uh, Tatiana, it's and, and suicides have been up among uh, teens and preteens already yeah. because of social media. Uh, and you throw on COVID, I it's I shudder to just, think 
what this is going to look like when we when we retroactively sort out what the hell happened in 2020 with our kids. Well, it's like look at look at why they've already been up. And if you guys haven't seen the social dilemma that yeah, the documentary, they go over this, but the rates of suicide among children in Crete and teenagers, but children too, increased with the ubiquitousness of phones and social media. And so what has this done? Well, this has pushed them even further into that thing that's already it's like you've take we've taken away the vestiges of any sort of social life in the real world away from them yeah it's hard to tell your kid like don't spend time online what the hell are they going to do they can't go outside they can't be in class you know some of them like yeah i had not heard that but yeah um, no i hadn't heard it either um and yeah i mean fortunately we live in a place where at least at least my daughter can go outside um and like be outside but if you live in a city your kid you live in a city go outside you can't leave your imagine living in an apartment in a city which most people in cities live live in apartments uh you can't your kid can't go outside they're stuck in a freaking apartment it's just it's criminal it's criminal all right back to super chats why bother says is the hats fun for Carrie a thing? Awesome hat as always. Is it a thing? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie says yes. Of course it is. Okay, there you go. No. <laughs> sure. It's a thing in that you can designate it as a hat fund for Carrie and she can spend her money on whatever she wants. <laughs> it's a thing in that respect. She's not obligated to buy hats. Let's put it that way. Put in a jar. Put in a hat jar. <laughs> yeah. Just like the swear jar. Actually, it's not just like the swear jar. You would think that a swear jar, then by analogy, I would be obligated to swear, which I could do. We could have a swear jar like that if you guys want. All right, let me scroll down for the next super chat. Sorry, it's been, I've been lax uh-huh. on scrolling here. Uh, here we go. Um, Drunken Mole says. Thanks for data and info, Mr. Carter. Oh, well, you're welcome. Don't thank me. It was, we will put a link. As always, by the way, we do put links to everything in the show notes. So uh, you can go read that article. It's a good article. Um, but, uh, Drunken Mall, I think I saw you in the soup. I think I saw you in the chat on Friday, on Friday Night Tights. Mm. I think it was you. How was that, Carrie? Hello. It was I had fun. to. Go, I was there at the beginning, but then I had to go buy a Christmas tree. We went to chop down a Christmas tree, so oh, yeah. uh, I missed. I nice. missed most of it. How was it? It was fun. I really like those guys. And um, if you guys are fans of Nerdrotic and the show, um, we're gonna have Gary on live on Unsafe Space soon. Not this week, but next week. We'll let you know when. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, M Tax Shark. M Tax Shark says. All we are informed for 10 months are cases and deaths. No reporting about the 99.x percent who recover. Any long-term effects? So much scare. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's the thing I wish they would report about also. Because I remember early on reading about possible long-term effects due to lung damage. And frankly, I would be curious about that. Uh, but it seems like we're just not even talking about that anymore as a thing. All we're talking about is is cases and deaths. Because... They are trying to keep the narrative very simple. Uh, cases equals lockdown. Death equals ah, the end. 
I mean, yeah. that's the level of analysis we've got going on from mainstream media. Okay, President-elect Tatiana Fisk says, Hi, not wearing a mask at church went well. One other person took theirs off. Carrie, I sent you something. Hope you have the same address. Aw, thank Hi. you so much, lady. Uh, I love see on the days that I see you in chat. You make me very happy. Yes, and, uh, well, I'll say that later. Okay, uh, Little Ragamuffin. Little Ragamuffin says, uh, Tony Shea's legacy is nothing more than drug suicide scams and the cult of Zappos. I think that's a little harsh, Little Ragamuffin. Uh, Zappos was actually well-managed, and it was a great company, and it did very well, and he changed the way that uh, a lot of companies... Now, he also tried some experiments, by the way, management that didn't work, but he changed the way that a lot of people viewed uh, managing and priorities, and you know he tried stuff, uh, and Zappos was successful. I do agree that after, uh, he definitely had a party side and lots of drugs and other stuff going on. So I agree that those things are part of his legacy, but I wouldn't say they're all his legacy. He also spent, what, three or $400 million on uh, downtown Las Vegas revitalizing it. So people generally aren't all some bad caricature or all some good caricature. And Tony is no different. Uh, Pirate Tomsky. Pirate Tomsky says, Plus, a lot of people who were in rehab have relapsed. Oh, yeah. In the UK, they kept pubs open but closed AA meetings. <laughs> What's that all about? Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, makes sense. Let's see. Makes sense people would relapse. Where are we? Carrie, if you're talking, you are muted, so no one knows. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you to Little Ragamuffin, not just for the super chat. But you guys know she has a store where she does different sewing patterns and stuff. And she sewed me this beautiful scarf. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, I came in on the tail end of that. You were saying about AA meetings. Oh, being... Pyro Tomsky was mentioning that uh, in the UK, they keep kept bars open but closed to AA meetings. And oh, yeah. There's actually quite yeah. a lot of relapsing now because of uh, the lockdown. Yeah, they did the same thing here. They closed a bunch of AA meetings but kept the bars open. Well, now, from what I understand, the meetings are open now here, but they require a, a mask and all this stuff. And, and one of the old timers I know was like, they started their own group called the Outlaw Group. This is what I'm talking about. You need to just start start. Start, we need to start doing our own things. They started it. He said, I, yeah, I'm not going to the, um, I asked him if he used to go up to meetings at this place I used to go to. And he's like, yeah, I haven't been back there because they require a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but a bunch of us old timers started a meeting. We call it the outlaws and you don't have to wear a mask to that one. And they nice. just branched off. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah. You should start doing, we should, we just need to start creating our own alternative things. And, yep. you know, whatever it is that you want to do that you can't do, like have a movie night because we can't go to the movies without wearing a mask. Well, then have a movie night and have people over. And I don't know. I'm 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 tired of it. Uh, hey, I hear you. Miss Dogtastic says it's crazy that people celebrate the government controlling them and are actually grateful for it. Newsflash, the government doesn't care about you. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that wouldn't even need to be said, but it does. You're right. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, you know what, one of the things I find amazing about not being a Republican or a Democrat, one of the things that I find really amazing is how, um, both sides, they'll be like, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, oh, politicians, they're just all corrupt and horrible and they, they don't care. 
what about that guy you like? Oh, but he's different. <laughs> it's like, wh why is he different? Oh, wow. I, but, but Beto, not Beto. Not, not Biden. They're, they're different. Like it's, it's, um, there's actually a, uh, it's related to this thing and there's a phrase for it. There's a word for it. There's a term and I forget the neologism for it, but, um, it's this, it happens when you, um, maybe someone will remind me in chat what the, the term for this is, but when you know a subject really well, and then you read a news article on it and you see how false the news article is and how bad it is. And then you flip the page and you read a news article on something you don't know about. And you think that it must be accurate. <laughs> You're like, Oh, Makes sense. There's a, there's a word for that? There's a term for that. Um, and I forget the term, and maybe someone will, will tell me in chat what the term is. But it reminds me of that kind of thing with politicians where it's like, oh, no, they're all horrible. Oh, but not my guy. It's like, all right. Well, there we go. Uh, <laughs> President-elect Tatiana Fisk says, worth repeating, live not by lies. It is worth repeating. Yes. Alexander Solzhenitsyn. She, she um Reminds me a lot of his words. Uh, Mundaniac. Mundaniac gives us a super chat and says, it's unfortunate the police are violating constitutional rights in order to serve a tyrant. Yeah, but this is the thing. Um, as much as you might support police, police are only good so long as the laws they're enforcing are good. And are good. the worse those laws get, the worse the police get. And the good police tend to retire and leave as the laws get bad. And the crappy police tend to stay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, police will get, as the country gets more authoritarian, people actually employed by police departments will get worse because good people don't want to arrest people for not wearing masks or whatever. Um, right. Okay. Mundaniac says it's unfortunate the police are, vi oh, that was the one we just did. Sorry. I just doubled up on Mundaniac. It was just such a great comment, Mundaniac. We got it twice. All right. Let me scroll to the next one. I'm not caught up with you yet, so you have to do the next ones. Okay, why bother? Why bother gives us a super chat and says, some context to let people live their lives. When the war in Ukraine broke out, at first people who were relaxing were shamed, but later it got on track. Work, relax, to be productive, support the army. Okay. Uh, By the way, there's a lot of people in chat I see from that came over from Nerd Roddick, so welcome. If this, if this oh, cool. is your first show, welcome to... Uh, Cafefi break. And somebody says, this is not a super chat, but Dave, hi Dave, says, guys, I'm broke. I have a back. I love mountains and I'm a straight white male in 2020. So I'm trying to be frugal. <laughs> Thanks for all that you do. <laughs> thank, thank you, Dave. And, and never, you never apologize or feel weird about, look, I, if people can contribute to creators or shows or whatever they like, awesome. If they can't, awesome. It's even more, it's like, we appreciate people sharing the videos, like even just liking and doing comments. Like I used to give, um, I used to be a monthly subscriber to Jordan Peterson for about a year until I couldn't afford it anymore. And I never felt bad about like saying, okay, now I have to stop or whatever, you know, it's just, anyway, don't feel weird about that ever. Yep. And, uh, credit goes to maybe other people said this, but, uh, the one I see is ground floor Guthrie credit goes to ground floor Guthrie for coming up with the term. The Gelman amnesia effect. Yes, the Gelman effect. That's what Gelman? I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I've Gale never Dash heard Man. that. Yep. So Pirate Tomsky, Pirate Tomsky uh, corrects something I said earlier. And Pirate, just to be clear, Pirate Tomsky is correct. He says there's a zombie there is a zombie apocalypse out there. They're called SJWs. 
That is correct. Yes. Byron Tomsky. Uh, it's not the COVID apocalypse, but it is the SGW apocalypse. There are a okay. lot of uh, analogies you can draw there, yes, as a Jody zombie fan. Buckner says, Jordy Buckner says, I don't know, using F as a substitute sounds like the swear jar worthy to me. Well, that's really up to Marie Buskey. Um, but you're right. Uh, it's better to not use F as a substitute and just have a better vocabulary. So uh, you guys can help me out with vocabulary words. All right. Frack. Frack. That's, that's just like the Battlestar Galacta one. Yeah, that's not, that yeah. doesn't help. <laughs> I don't, I Frack. actually, the thing I like less than swear words are fake swear word substitutes when people are like fudge i'm like you know what just i yeah just say it either have a either like have a clever or or more extensive vocabulary where you're you're making your point or if vocabulary fails you which it does me sometimes just say the word uh that's my all right sandy kins 57 who is i believe referring to carrie's party she says she's on her way carrie she says carrie i'm on my oh, way good so good. that's a flight can you can you fly all the way from europe to the i guess flights are still allowed murder we are still let me just plug this now we are working now finally on on an unsafe space retreat yes we have it uh we have new goals business goals we've been doing these meetings and by the end of December, I'm gonna have found a place so we can start to to at least estimate how much it'll cost and whatever. Found a place for lodging. So sometime next year, we will be doing a retreat in Texas. And if you would like to come, we would love to have you. And it I will can't be fun. You that it will be a knitting retreat, though. Per- Murder Knit says knitting retreat at Carrie's, but we can guarantee <laughs> if there's a retreat, you can knit there. There knitting will be will not knitting. Be banned. <laughs> there will be knitting uh blackbeard just gives us uh 299 for just for the heck of it thank you blackbeard. blackbeard uh thomas st thomas who by the way is an excellent thomas. writer you can read his stuff on our unsafe space medium page thomas says carrie painting parties are going to be the new dissident calling card <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like a euphemism thomas <laughs> like hey want to come to my painting party it's just like it, it sounds like something's going on. I don't know what it is. But put the red light on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I put the red light in my porch light. <laughs> All right. Uh Jordy Buckner gives us another one says, "Yeah, I see depression on the rise here in the Netherlands too, even no even no one that committed suicide." Oh, you know someone who committed I mean that's that's so sad. That's so sad and we're just ignoring it because Yeah. It by the way, this is a not to. This could be a long tangent, so I won't go off too much on this kind of a tangent. But um, Marxism is based on this premise that humans are tabula rasa, which is not scientifically uh, supported, and kind of can be programmed however you want to behave in certain ways. And I think this is the same. It's the same kind of mentality. It's like, well, uh, we'll just have lockdowns, and like that, they'll just adjust. Um, and humans do adapt. That's absolutely true. But uh, they don't just instantaneously adapt with no consequences to things. You can't just be like, lockdowns, we'll substitute Zoom calls for in-person meetings, and that will be fine. Uh, that's, not, that's not how it works. Revelator 37. On a lighter note, Carrie's Senator Cruz doesn't know that pearls should be clutched and not grasped. Blasted Texans. He, he probably just I don't, spoke. I don't know. What's he referring to? 
he probably said pearl grasping instead of pearl clutching at some point. And, uh, oh, okay. I didn't. I don't. I didn't. I haven't paid attention uh, to that. But. Apparently, I missed a big blunder of Biden's where he was talking about the Bible and talking about palms, and he meant psalms or something. He, no I missed way. that, but. Yeah, people were laughing about all the palms in the Bible. No, Biden, that's that resort in Vegas that you like to go to. <laughs> uh, all right. Thomas St. Thomas, again. People's ignorance of the gory, human, torturous details of totalitarian horrors make it easier to fear COVID more than the loss of liberty. Yeah, that's the thing. There's this... It's like there's no consequences to anything right it's like there's no downside it's like well it's just making us safer even if it were making us safer there's a cost and that cost is it where it's a march towards authoritarianism like you don't want to give up liberty you don't want to give up a little bit of liberty even if it does make you safer that's that's the point that's the point you know you made me i think this was early on you're the one that gave me a good um explanation for for sometimes it's almost like you know you feel or you think a certain way but it's hard to articulate in words why you think that and you helped me understand something when it comes to um like evaluating the cost of something versus the payoff of something mm. and so for example when i've been in discussions with i was in a brief discussion with some jerk uh on my my church's Facebook page, <laughs> some jerk came there just to hate, just to hate on a sermon that my preacher did with, and it was just a little excerpt from the sermon. It was really interesting. It was a piece that he did about masks and about the, he even said, this isn't, I'm not here to talk today about the medical function of masks. And there, there is heavy debate over whether they're even useful or not for this type of thing. Uh, for everyone to be wearing them in the type of way that we are. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about the ritualistic function of masks or veils and the symbolic and psychological sort of impact of wearing these things. And he did this really interesting, like just maybe it was 10 minutes or so about the the symbolism of wearing masks and what are the possible um you know, spiritual things that are happening in us what, by wearing these? What What is, you know, is it preventing communion? Is it preventing a sense of community? How is it impacting us psychologically? And he did, he talked about he, the veil and how the veil is used symbolically. Like when you get married, you wear a veil because you're taking it back and this is your new life now. You know, it's a symbolism thing. And he talked about other uses of veils. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting. And anyway, this guy... by the way, even for an atheist. It was sounds, fascinating. Yeah. yeah, and anyway, this jerk came into the comments and you know all you people want granny to die boom 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 you know firing his guns and <laughs> i was just i was saying to him like no uh you know this is about be opposing the mask mandates like you can wear what you want it's not about he's not, the sermon's not you didn't uh, even watch it it's not even about the medical uh use of it's, it's not even about the medical application or, or whether it's not about the efficacy of masks and whether they're useful or not it was about something else that you didn't even listen to. And so he came back and said something about, um, you know, well, you oppose mask mandates, but what about the government telling us we have to wear seatbelts? <laughs> and I was thinking about a conversation I had with you, actually. I and I said, well, 
Yeah. And I said, well, actually, um, I mean, it's weird to say, but I've reached a place now because of my friend Carter. I didn't add that part, <laughs> but uh, don't I don't me, think it's I'm not government. on Facebook. I can't I defend myself. <laughs> I didn't tag you, but, I've, but basically I was like, eh, I don't think the government should have the right to tell us we have to wear seatbelts. I don't. Sorry if that makes me sound crazy. That being said, I don't have as much of a problem with it because I, and I'm personally, I choose to wear them because the cost of wearing a seatbelt is relatively low, like very low. It doesn't cost it's very much zero. to wear. It's almost zero. Right. And the, and then the, this is this cost benefit thing you've taught me about the benefit of wearing a seatbelt, the possible upside is very large. It's yeah. very large. So that's a trade-off. You know, we evaluate as humans. Hopefully we're looking at things in that way without even realizing we're doing it. We do that. And so I choose to wear a seatbelt because the cost is very low and the upside is very high. Wearing a mask is different. Like, has this guy never considered that? The cost of wearing a mask and not just individually, I'm talking about collectively as a society. I think the cost is very high. I don't even think we understand what we're doing to ourselves psychologically and what we're doing to ourselves as a culture and a community. We are, we are preventing communion. We are preventing community. And what are we doing to kids who don't, young kids who don't know any different than to see masks on everyone all the time? I think the cost is very high. And, and that's not even taking into account the cost on individuals who can't breathe wearing that thing all day. For eight hours. If you're telling me you're at a gym, that it's okay to be force someone to wear a mask while they're working out, to force, we heard from a viewer, her doctor wanted her to wear a mask while she was delivering her baby <laughs> during labor. Well, during don't go labor. to the hospital to deliver your baby. That's a separate so conversation. So she, she found another doctor. Can you believe that? <laughs> wearing a mask during labor? That's BS. That's not science. There's nothing yeah. scientific about that. So anyway, I think the cost of wearing a mask was very high which is different than the seatbelt thing. And I think the possible upside, at least in my opinion, the possible upside is low. So that's, that's why I don't, I don't choose to wear one. And more than that, I don't think that the government should have a right to force it. So yeah, that and that's kind an of individual decision too, right? Yeah. If you were a 90 year old with bronchitis, the cost of wearing a mask would be very low. Uh, and, and actually the cost of staying high. home would be still high, but the consequences would be for not doing it would be extremely high. So you would, you might right. choose to stay home. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, it is about that. Um, and that, that's the other weird thing. There's been this COVID has, has, when anyone talks about something being safe or not safe, they're automatically a midwit. Like if that's the end of their, that, if that's the end of their analysis, there's like, I mean, you can use those terms broadly to like, you know, but but if that's the end of your analysis, you're kind of an idiot because you're nothing is perfectly safe or perfectly unsafe. Like living in the world is about constant cost benefit analysis. It's like, okay, uh, I have to go to the store. I I want some milk at the store. Well, there's a risk getting in the car. Every time you get in the car, you could have a car accident. Yeah. Like there's some risk that driving to the store will kill you. That's possible. Uh, but, uh, you know, you want the milk and, or whatever it is, you need milk for your cereal or whatever you're doing. And so you weigh those things. You don't do it consciously. And you go to the store because you've measured that the risk, there is a risk. No one would say there's zero risk getting into a car, but we generally get into cars because we recognize that although there is a risk and it's a real risk, 
a life where we don't get into the car to go to the store to buy milk uh, has a higher cost than than the risk of uh, getting in a car. But that might not be true if it was, I don't know, um, you have to you have to take a motorcycle to the store without a helmet and you have to drive 200 miles an hour to like you might limit how many like if there was some rule that you had to do that and that's how risky it was maybe you you'd limit. go to the store for milk less i don't know i would you know this guy this particular jerk he completely this whole cost benefit analysis thing went right over his head because i said to him i said well you know Every time you go, because he was saying, every time you go outside with a mask, you put people's lives at risk and you put your own life at risk. I said, every time you go outside and get in your car and drive somewhere, you put your life at risk and you put people's lives at risk. So right. I assume you're not driving anywhere anymore, huh? And it completely went over his head. And I, I said, you are doing the cost benefit analysis every time you decide to drive. You've done that analysis, whether you realize it or not. And right. you've said, you've said, well, for me, the the cost is low lower than the benefit of me driving and so because the benefit's higher i'm going to get in that car right and for and most things in society that. we let people make that choice themselves i don't do i've, I've never did, done paragliding some people do right some people <laughs> the the benefit of paragliding outweighs the risk not for me okay uh, <laughs> that's fine right like have you ever jumped out of a airplane no, but I would do that. I would I would skydive. I've done it um, once. I would like to skydive. It's fun. But there's also, like, we also have our own things. Like, I've got a, kind of a bad back. So there's certain things that, like, while might be fun, the risk is actually higher, not of death, but just of, like, injuring my back. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do those things. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're beating a dead horse with this. I just, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, Jordy, okay. Jordy Buckner. Oh, wait, one more thing I just want to point out. I, I have a prediction. And I think I mentioned this on uh, in the company meeting the other day, but I want to mention it to the audience. Uh, I know it, I know someone said it's actually very fun, Carter. I do have a friend who is very, very into it, uh, which is why I think that's the example that popped in my mind, uh, paragliding. Anyway, um, okay. When you do what you're doing to a culture, and by the way, actually, I'd love for, to hear from your pastor about if there have been societies where people wore masks for any reason, I'd like to understand how that affected the behavior of that society. That would be really, if there's any like historians or anthropologists who know about communities that wore masks for some period of time and how that affected the dynamic, that would be fascinating to study for me personally. Um, but whenever By you By the take way, let me, go ahead. let me interrupt real quick. Yeah. He said something interesting in the sermon. He, he referred to them as veils because he said mm. the purpose of a mask is to change your identity. And the purpose of a veil is to hide and obscure your identity. Right. And he said, these masks make me think more of veils, oh, which fair. I thought was interesting. Fair. fair. But yeah. Well, um, regardless, whenever you, whenever you take a society and you like think of uh, – I guess the analogy would be like a balloon, right? You squeeze one part of it, the other part, the air's got to go somewhere, right? So that that pressure pops, you know, pops up somewhere else. Whenever you do something like this to a society, you have you like make some sudden change or do something. Um, you generally, generally, there's this, uh, there's this social, I will say, psychological pressure that needs to go somewhere. Like something's changed. It 
it distorts the psychology and like it needs there needs to be something else needs to change as a result there's like a side effect and the example that i'll give is in post-world war ii japan so uh in in world war ii after we i guess since it's uh pearl harbor day this is a good i think it's pearl harbor day today right this is a good day to talk about this after we defeated japan um the the allies went in and implemented relatively strict rules compared to Japanese society. Maybe they weren't strict for us, but for, for Japan, relatively strict rules about pornography and, and sex. And, um, which is why, you know, Japanese, everything's pixelated. If you ever see any Japanese nudity, um, and that came from, that came from the West that came, that wasn't something that was organically part of Japanese culture. And there was already some kind of weirdness in Japanese culture from my perspective, being a Westerner, there was already historically a little bit of oddities in, in Japan's relationship with sex, we'll say. But after World War II, the US came in and squeezed that balloon. They clamped down on one area of Japanese sexuality rather hard. Um, no pun intended. And what happened is you saw this other area of Japanese sexual expression kind of in this weird distorted way come out. And now you've got, I don't know if you know this about Japan, but like grown men on the subway read like sex comic books, like it's normal, right? You have a lot of weird fetishes in Japan. Ten is this where tentacle porn came from? That Yeah, you got all this actually, sadly, I believe tentacle porn predated World War II, which is Wow. One of things that's weird, but um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, you've got what I think what happened was you had to clamp down in this area and there was already this pressure. It, there was like, it had to go somewhere. And so it like shot out in other unhealthy or weird ways, except we'll call them eccentric ways. Um, and so that we're not super judgmental, but like it's shot out in these eccentric ways in society. And it's kind of caused this weird, what we would say is kind of this odd expression which is why a lot of uh a lot of japan has these weird sexual overtones with a lot of things that they do and it's kind of just icky right there's like the the lowly girl thing and like the hostess bars and like all this weird like there's weird stuff that happened as a result of this um although hostess bars are probably a leftover from the geisha period but it doesn't matter um and so I your point about masks my point about is, masks yeah, yeah getting back to masks is I don't know what's going to happen to our society, but we have this, essentially this humans are, it's kind of like we're suddenly in junior high school and everyone has the cooties where like, you're not allowed to get close to people. You're not allowed to touch people. You're not allowed to like converse without a mask and see their faces. Everything's like this, right? I'm curious about how that's going to express itself in culture because all of that missed connection and all of that, frankly, that inherent risk that comes with personal interaction, it's going to need to go somewhere. It's somewhat, yeah. somehow it's going to express somewhere. And I'm curious about how it's going to express in our culture. And it's probably not going to be something it, that we look at and say is healthy. Going to be gross. Yes. <laughs> it's probably going to be gross. Yeah, that's, that's I, my concern. Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to look at it and go, oh, why is that thing popular now? And the reason that whatever gross thing is going to be popular, 
The reason that that will be popular is because of this. That's why remember it's popular. That, remember that weird, gross trend of people filming themselves licking ice cream in stores mm -hmm. and putting it back in the fr freezer? I'm shocked that didn't happen after. Like, I'm shocked that happened when it did and not now, because that almost seems like the kind of thing that would you would start to see people trying to be taboo in this really gross way, you know, of like, like, you know, right. I don't know. Something right. like so that. You can imagine the taboo things that will happen and they don't necessarily need to be sexual. I just used the Japan example because I, I thought it was right. It's something that I spent a lot of time in Japan. And it's something that struck me as odd about the culture. And so I was wondering what was going on. So I knew a little bit about it. But I, you know, in our society, I don't know, it might turn into gross, more gross ice cream looking things or weird, like, viral exchange parties like you have no idea what the, it, it could get weird and gross and it's gonna get when something weird and gross happens and you wonder why look back at 2020 that's your answer that's why i just like to announce that anyone who's planning on coming my parties will neither be they will not be gross they might be weird <laughs> <laughs> no gross right <laughs> okay someone says i'm giving young people ideas i hope not i'm not no uh, all right jordy buckner gives uh two euros for the hat fund so, thank you jordy you <laughs> we uh, should what if we did something real cheesy every time somebody go have what if every time yeehaw if i had to do a catchphrase i'm not doing that i'm just saying it would be funny okay i think yeehaw should be your <laughs> phrase but okay uh tatiana fisk <laughs> tatiana fisk says um not going to tell you what it is, Carrie, but what I sent, it's from the Holy Mountain Athos made by a monk. Wow. Aw. By the way, did lady. you see that article about the monk who got caught basically being a rich capitalist and owning properties in New York? No. <laughs> some Buddhist monk. I don't remember the whole story, but some Buddhist monk got caught and he's like, I'm sorry, I'll go, I'll go reread the teachings of Buddha. <laughs> he had sorry, a I'm a real estate investor. <laughs> He had a secret life as a capitalist. Yeah, he's like a closet real estate investor. Uh. <laughs> That's fun. Um, okay, Carter, I'm going to leave you for a second. I'll be right back. Uh-oh. All right. Carrie's going to... She'll be back, everyone. Don't worry. Uh, all right. Next one is from Sandman Says Run, comma, runner. Sandman Says Run, runner. Uh, COVID is the magician's misdirection. This is really about government overreach. I realize this makes me crazy conspiracy guy, not worn a mask yet. I don't think it makes you crazy conspiracy guy. I think you're correct. Uh, I think that um, they what they try and do is give you a false dichotomy where if you question anything going on with COVID, you're automatically anti-science and you're claiming that COVID is a hoax. Um, but you can actually not claim that COVID is a hoax. You can claim it's a real thing that is worse than the flu, that is bad for certain people, and simultaneously claim it's being exploited at an, uh, a disproportionate level by authorities in order to, to get more authoritarianism. Um, and we've already talked about the massive wealth transfer that's been happening, right? Amazon, uh, Google, all of the online, Walmart, all of the big retailers are, are making bank in 2020 because all those small stores are going away. Uh, even restaurants, right? Restaurants going away, so you got to buy food elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that makes you a conspiracy theorist. Uh, interestingly enough, I believe the term, I think this is correct, someone can check me, but I think the term conspiracy theorist uh, 
actually was developed by the CIA so that they could debunk people who said things they didn't like. Uh, Roger, <laughs> Roger Haynes, Carrie, I liked how Friday Night Tights suddenly lost 300 viewers when you mentioned your boyfriend. <laughs> well, everyone has their share of simps, and, uh, you know. I, if you... I just learned what that word means recently. Carrie, you should be here for the content that of, uh, comes out of Carrie's mouth. You can like her. You can like her hats, but she's got a boyfriend, guys. And he's cooler than you, trust me. All right. Um, <laughs> Carrie, speaking of uh, you, can you move two inches to the left? Your left. There you go. Stop. Stop. That was good. Okay. Sandykins57. Sandykins57 says, I can fly, but I'd have to wear a mask. Only for you. Oh, she'll, she'll fly for you, Carrie. She will. Aw. Sandykins. Hopefully, by the time we have the retreat, hopefully. I mean, can you imagine? Oh. If you had asked me in March, actually, Carter, we did talk about this at the beginning. Yeah, like, we you did. were very, you were prepared ahead of the curve, and you were talking about coronavirus in January, back when the only people I heard talking about it were other independent, um, like, uh, vloggers and people I follow. Uh oh, Carrie just broke. March, maybe earlier, I was saying to you, Am I back? You froze for a minute, but I think you're sort of back. So keep going. You were saying we were talking in March. Okay. I was saying to you that I didn't think that I didn't think that the lockdowns would last long. And you said to me, Carrie, once you give up power and you give power to a government in a way they haven't had before, they're not going to relinquish that easily. And I thought, that's so weird. Of course they are. You were so right. I was so wrong. I would never, if you had asked me in March, do you think the lockdowns and mass mandates are going to go on in, in some of these states and cities until December? I would have said you're crazy. But here we are. And so I'm I'm saying Sandykins and anyone else who wants to come to our retreat, I can't imagine the mask mandate still being in effect mid-year next year, but maybe they will be. Who knows? The retreat would Unless, be maskless. The retreat will be, you don't have to wear a mask at our retreat, but gosh, I mean, people need to start standing up. We need to start standing up if we want to get rid of these things. Yeah, um, my guess is as much as the government doesn't give away power, and I don't think they'll, you know, this has been a good test run. They can they can get away with a lot here. Uh, I do think that there will be a relief after Biden's president. I think there will, because they need to give him a win. So yeah. they will have some sort of like, I did my thing, yes. now life is back to normal, and uh, they'll do that. But for a, t for a short time or something. For the future, look, there's going to be a COVID-2021 or 20 COVID-21 or COVID-22 or COVID. Like, something else will happen, and they will have set a precedent about how to do lockdown stuff. Um, and I think even when we go back to, quote, normal, there will be a uh, – there will be a push to be a little bit more OCD about stuff. Um, they're going to push more. And by the way, pushing all this more, more of this antibacterial hand gel and all this crap, what a great way to produce a super virus in the future. So uh, we're going to, we're going to be cultivating. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to be a giant Petri dish creating the next super virus. Cause we're all going to be slathering freaking antibacterial hand gel on ourselves all day 
uh, when we're, quote, back to, quote, normal. And, uh, you know, we'll find that strain that's resistant to everything, and it'll wipe us out. Uh, and we can thank the lockdowns. All right. Little Ragamuffin says, on a, another lighter note, each time you light your lighter, your lighter gets lighter. Until your lighter gets so light, it won't light. Think about it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, I guess. I'll trust you on that one. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> I okay, have, let's get, let's I get... don't really smoke. I don't, not don't really smoke. I don't smoke at all. But I still have a really cool, I have those little arc lighters. They're so cool for lighting fires. This, you plug them into USB and they just, there's an electrical spark, like an arc that happens between. It's super cool. Um, they don't get brighter. Uh, okay. Andrew Joyner says, no point in being alive if you're not living. Yes, that was what I was trying yeah. to say earlier. But yeah. It's like that C.S. Lewis quote about... Which one? Not, not if the bombs drop, let them find us living. I'm paraphrasing. It's a beautiful quote. This is not gonna, My paraphrasing is not beautiful. But basically, if the bombs dry, drop, let them find us living and laughing and loving and not cowering like a church mouse in the closet. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a difference between not dying and living. And right now they're focused on making sure there's not dying happening. Uh, mm -hmm. And But not dying is not very motivational. No one wants to yeah. live in a world where all you can do is not die. Uh, Keith the Hat Guy says, Blind belief in authority is the greatest enemy of the truth. From Albert Einstein. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with that Albert Einstein quote, but it's a good one. He's been doing some Einstein quotes lately, so appreciate it, Keith the Hat Guy. Uh, G-Man, G-Man says, the reason the left is pushing masks is because it's an outward sign of compliance, right? Nobody asks if you wash your hands or if you have symptoms. That's right. That's right. It's, it's yeah. a virtue signal and it, it's a, it's an easy one. But, and by the way, have you played, I know, I know you have, you play video games. I don't play a lot of video games, but I know you have in the past. Uh, I'm thinking of the game Half-Life and I don't know why I'm thinking of this game in particular, but you know how the bad guys all have these masks things? You can't see their faces. All my, like my, my version of like dystopian hell with like an authoritarian dystopian, dystopian hell has always kind of been guys with masks all over the place. <laughs> so I'm looking at this going, oh, this is a prelude to the dystopian hell that we're going to have. We're going to all wear masks. Yes. It's creepy. I'm going to find this picture and send it to you while you're pulling up the next super chat. All right. Pirate Tomsky. I've got the per. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll find it. Pirate Tomsky says, the only mask I want to wear is my V for Vendetta mask when I overthrow this government BS. You and me both, Pirate Tomsky. I have my V for Vendetta mask. Maybe I should start wearing that one. And I won't wear the other mask underneath and they won't know. <laughs> I should start doing that. Ah, uh, Yeah. Thanks for the idea. Okay. I have to go find mine. Okay, put up this picture. Okay, hold on here. Uh, let's see. I don't know who made this meme, so I can't credit you. I just saw it being shared. It was a good one. It's a picture of Queen Gretchen. <laughs> we do have royalty in America, of... as it turns out. Queen Gretchen. Yeah, this is this is Michigan, right? Michigan's governor. Uh, I believe so, yes. So I'm going to... And she's wearing this black leather pleather kind of outfit that looks like something from star wars and she's got a mask on and it says personally if i had to go out and tell everyone christmas fun is canceled this year and that my dream is to rule the galaxy with the other dark lords i wouldn't have a clue what to wear but i've got to hand it to her she nailed it <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. Christmas fun is canceled this year. <laughs> well, it is. She looks so evil in this picture. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, accurate, I yeah. guess. Accurate. <laughs> All right. Um, next super chat is from uh, Jordy Buckner. Another one from Jordy Buckner says, just look at the Middle East. Like Carrie pointed out, the masks are like veils. Oh, good point. Yeah. By the way, I got called, uh, and I was still, as recently as a couple of days ago, being called an Islamophobe uh, on Twitter for comparing the mask to a hijab, oh. which or a burqa, comparing it to a burqa. And I don't apologize. And there's nothing wrong with comparing it to that. And if 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 there were another religious garment that I think is similarly being used to oppress people that covers the face, I would have maybe pick that one, but there's not a better one that I can think of currently. So uh, don't allow people, people with bad intentions and people with small minds to tell you what you mean when you do something. Like there's nothing Islamophobic about comparing the mask to the burqa. Yes, I would also argue that uh, you don't have to like every religion in the world. I'll say that as an atheist. And I don't like, even. I don't. Well, you said that as an. I, I don't. I have some respect for Christianity, uh, as we've talked about in the past, but I don't have to. I don't have to like Islam, and be like, oh, I respect those beliefs. I don't have to do that. I don't have to respect Zoroastrianism. I don't have to respect Scientology. Like, you don't. I don't have to say, those beliefs are just as valid, and I like that's not a thing. But, but on the other side. Because I'm different from you on this issue, Carter. I get it. I don't disrespect Islam. I don't dislike Islam. I think Islam needs to be moderated. I think there's a radical extremist element of of Islam that we are we are denying them the ability to moderate because we're calling everyone an Islamophobe. We're even calling Muslims Islamophobes if they try and moderate Islam. I don't have an issue. I don't even know enough about Islam to have an issue with it on a large scale, I would need to read more about it. My point is, it is not Islamophobic. You don't know what I think about Islam at all when I make a comparison between a burqa and a mask. You have, you don't have no idea what my opinions are. <laughs> right. And I, they I could be that. like Carter. They could be, you know. Yeah, I get that. But Islamophobia is used to, to make it sound like there's some sort of, it sounds like a racist thing. It's supposed to, it sound makes you sound like a bigot. But I don't, I just want to be clear, like, I don't like religions, generally. Like, I don't have to, don't feel like you can't, like, you're not allowed to say, I don't like this religion. I don't like it. I don't like the teachings of it. I don't like it. It's not a good religion. I don't like it. Do I think you should have the right to practice it? Yes. But I don't have to like it. I don't like Buddhism. Right. Especially California Buddhism. Although, actual Buddhism is also pretty horrible. Look at the way they treat uh, some of the young boys that get drafted into the monastery so look i you know I, there's no rule that like this idea that like you have to respect all beliefs equally is ridiculous it means that you have no judgment you should have judgment you should have personal judgment about what you think makes sense and what doesn't there are some crazy crazy belief systems out there in the world and some of them are very dangerous and harmful not all of them but yeah, don't get scared away from your your blankety blank. No, and there's cares. a whole range of there's a whole range of opinions one could hold, and you have no idea what those opinions are. Right. 
like just by them comparing the mask to a religious garment that oppresses. The burqa is used to oppress, still, currently, modern day. <laughs> still, mm-hmm. still being used to oppress, guys. If there were a better religious analogy for a garment of clothing that covers the mouth and face and is used to oppress, let me know what that is. I might use that one next time. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Two Guns pointed out, Carter thinks it's, quote, god-awful. I've been caught a couple times saying something that's like an atheist thing and using the word God because I grew up Christian. But I think it's funny when people catch me do that. I think it's a funny. I, I can laugh at myself for that. I think I said it. Someone pointed out the other day. I said something about the universe. We were arguing about, or not arguing. We were talking about, like, me not thinking that a God needs to exist and still being awed by the universe. And, but I said, I said something to the effect of like, I just think to myself, my God, this is great. Like I used the phrase, my God, because, uh, yeah, uh, okay. up using it. So, okay. Uh, a sad, a sad super chat from Jordy Buckner. Jordy Buckner says, ah, damn it. All this simping for nothing. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Jordy. <laughs> Thanks, Jordy. <laughs> you guys are funny. Uh, uh, I think. Do you got the next one? Oh, I, Joy. No, I can't scroll back far enough. Joy Hafford says, I was an 11 year old in Woodbridge, California, right next to me in Lodi, California. Lodi? California. Lodi. Who killed himself on the classroom Zoom call. Oh, geez. Of course, it would be California. We're stir crazy. Lockdown again. Yeah, we are stir crazy. And obviously, the parents that I've been speaking to when I. Talked about kids being depressed. These were California parents because uh, that were in California as well. Um, the lockdowns are, are – and they're they're pretty draconian. They're pretty draconian. Uh, Twee Girl. Twee Girl gives us five Canadian bucks and says, Veil your face Thanks, in the mask, girl. dip your fingers in the holy anti-back, and do the sign of the dollar as you enter the sacred Walmart. Yes. <laughs> I think it should be the sign of the credit card, yes. but okay. Yes, uh, and actually – I think it was my preacher or somebody I heard who was making that comparison too of how, you know, it, it was someone, it may not have been him, but about the, the sacred, you know, the, the holy water and the antibacterial when you go in, it's like you must, some stores have signs that say you must use one pump of this before you go in. Sins. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Maybe there'll be a COVID priest that can bless you when you go into stores. Yeah. Uh, Helena Black. Helena Black gives us five bucks and says, those who are willing to trade safety for freedom deserve neither and will get neither. Not her sure who said this. I'm not either because it's attributed to Benjamin Franklin often, but I do not believe that there's direct evidence that he said that. Uh, so I believe that the attribution is in question. So don't feel bad for not knowing who said it because I don't think anyone knows for sure. But it's a good quote nonetheless. This is this is not a super chat, but Azur just mentioned that you can still knowingly infect people with HIV in California, by the That way. is correct. That is correct. You can knowingly infect people with HIV in California. That was a new one. Uh, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. That's, uh, they ch- they, that's they a beautiful specifically passed a. Didn't they specifically pass a law, that Carter, that says you can do that? Yeah, they did. Um, and you're allowed to withhold information. And, and look, I, I'm not, uh, I don't frequent the bathhouses, obviously. Uh, but... <laughs> I totally think that should be uh I think that should be manslaughter. I think if you have if you have a known deadly disease and you engage in interaction with a high probability or even a decent probability of transferring that deadly disease to someone else 
without their knowledge, that's manslaughter. That's attempted manslaughter. I mean, that's what that is. Uh, and yet in California, we've carved out a law specifically to make sure that that's okay. You don't have to tell anyone your HIV status. You can't be held responsible for giving someone HIV without telling them. That is abhorrent. And yet, if you don't wear a mask to the supermarket, you want to kill grandma. That's California in a nutshell. Thank you for that, pointing that out. I forgot about that law. That is crazy. I think we're caught up on Super Chats, Carrie. You're muted still. Oh, good. That's all. All right. Um, can we, here, can we, uh, we're kind of, we're still, I'm still hovering around COVID stuff. Can we talk about uh, what happened to Letitia Wright? Yes. Uh, I learned about this on Nerdrotic or from those guys. Um, and Letitia Wright is an actress, a black actress who was in Black Panther. And she has been summarily targeted. You're breaking up, Carrie. Instagram because of all this harassment and shame. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Here, we'll, uh, well, ultimately, go ahead. She left Twitter. She left Twitter because of all this harassment. And are you going to pull up her crime? Yeah. So uh, I'll do a couple things here. So first, I, I don't know if everyone heard what Carrie was saying about her. So just, she's the actress from Black Panther. I never saw Black Panther, but she's an actress from the movie. I guess she's famous. Um, and. <clears throat> You can tell from what the mainstream media is saying. They're saying that she posted an anti-vax video. Now, what she did was she posted a video, which, by the way, has been removed from YouTube. Uh, but she posted a video that um, from a, a website, or sorry, from a, a channel called On the Table. And the video, I forget the name of it. It was something like, should we take the COVID-19 vac vaccine? And hey, the host just said some things that, you know, probably medically wrong or whatever. The host says, I don't understand vaccines medically, but I've always been a little bit of a skeptic. Uh, at one point, the person says, I hope to God it doesn't make extra limbs grow. So some silly, that's obviously some silly stuff, right? So she posts the video. And that's all she does, right? And here's her post. Here's the video. And, you know, the first kind of person here commenting, girl, I love the S out of you, but I couldn't agree more. Uh, They're going to make an example out of you. So this person saying, watch it. And she says, what, make an example out of me for asking if something is right for my body before taking it? Interesting world we live in. So, you know, makes sense. People are saying, if you don't conform to a popular opinions, you're going to get in trouble. Okay. Let's see what happens to this poor woman. Let's just read some of the responses. I'm so mad you're a stupid bitch, ugh. Getting canceled isn't a thing. Repercussions for being a moron have always existed. Girl, if you post your shit on platforms that misinform people, uh, yeah, you get canceled. Cancel Black Panther 2 immediately. I mean this with the most disrespect. Fuck you. Uh, tweeting at Disney and Marvel. Studios need to seriously consider replacing this bigoted anti-vaxxer. Yeah, y'all can go ahead and recast her, Marvel. 
I'm not going to mince words. Was a huge fan from Black Panther. Now I hope Marvel Studios fires you and replaces you. You're an anti-vaxxer. Shut the fuck up. There's a whole bunch. I don't really... Most of them require me swearing, so I'm going to stop. Whole bunch. This is what happened. Then they went into... I don't know where these came from. Maybe you do, Carrie. Then they went into calling her transphobic. I don't know if that's because they think that... It's a no, here it is. disproportional minority minority thing or what? No, what no, 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 no. Because the video that she linked to that had qu- questions about the vaccine, uh-huh. whoever that, whoever made that video, he has other videos where he criticizes um, allowing kids to transition. And oh, I see. I see. I, he has said things. I haven't watched his video, so I can't give you the full report, but it has nothing to do with her or her, her beliefs or anything she said at all. It, it's that whole guilt by association thing. Oh, you shared a video, and that person whose video you shared has other videos that say this other thing. Therefore, we're going to call you a transphobe. That makes zero sense. Right. It's it is it is dishonest to do that to someone. That's like someone, like I said just the past couple of days, someone was trying to call me an Islamophobe because I uh, compared made a comparison between the mask and the burqa. And then I saw one of the comments, they said, uh, yeah, well, she also talked to Yasmin Muhammad. And Yasmin Muhammad has also said this, 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 this. And it's like, I don't play that game. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't, I'm not responsible for anything Yasmin has said. I didn't even take the time to look at what they were saying because they were being so dishonest in trying to call me something based on someone else's beliefs. No. Yeah, it's I'm interesting. By that standard, you've like and interacting positively with anyone re- makes you suddenly guilty for anything yeah. that person's ever done or said. I'm okay. not playing the Kevin Bacon game with you. It's a Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's the dirty Kevin Bacon game. I'm not playing the dirty Kevin Bacon game. Right. And that's what they're doing here. They're playing the dirty Kevin Bacon game. They're calling her a transphobe based on what somebody else believes. Okay. Well, <laughs> so that's where this stuff comes, right? So there's a whole bunch more. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up, you moronic transphobe, cancel this bitch. Racist, homophobic, transphobic bitch is what you are. Honestly, fuck you for using your platform to put out this uneducated bullshit. Science is not popular opinions, you dumb bitch. Fuck you and your transphobic ass. So, uh, she just dropped off of Twitter. She got bullied off of Twitter, basically. Um, Now, granted, that's her choice. She could have stayed on, but she got bullied off of Twitter. Uh, I don't know her. I don't know anything about her. Uh, I don't really, I can't watch the video. The video has been taken down. So I don't even know what was in that particular video, but I want to point something out. (laughs) There's a difference between ignorance and intentionally spreading misinformation. And if we don't allow for that in society, then then no one will ever learn anything. Why would you expect some actress to know about whether vaccines are good or bad or the details of them or what the risks are or not? Why would you expect her to know? Maybe. Let's, let's just say, I, by the way, I'm not all pro-vaccine and I'm not going to take the COVID vaccine when it comes out, but... That's aside. Just put that aside. Forget about my stance. You could be totally pro-vaccine. She doesn't. She's got questions. She's got some questions. Hey, I've got some questions. I wonder if I should. Here's this person saying some things. 
Okay, well, that needs to be met if you are a pro-vaccine person. That needs to be met with, well, here are some reasons why that's bullcrap, right? And obviously the guy saying growing extra limbs, obviously he was being hyperbolic, right? But he, you, would, you would come back and say, here, let me educate you. If you have a world in which you are not allowed to ask questions of the scientist, you're not the person they're trying to help. You're the lab rat. If you can't, if, if you're not allowed to ask the experimenter or if you're not allowed to ask the scientists questions, if you're not allowed to question the scientists, you're not the beneficiary. Beneficiaries yeah. are allowed to question their scientists. If you can't question your scientists, you're the livestock, you're the lab rat, you're the whatever, throw in your analogy there. Only the lab rat Plus, can't ask the scientist what the hell he's doing. Everyone else can. Beneficiaries can ask. And if they can't explain it to you, that's the scientist's problem, not yours. Yeah. There's nothing I more anti-science than telling people they can't have things explained to them, that they've got to trust the scientists. Well, they say trust the science, but they mean trust the mainstream scientific consensus. There's nothing more anti-science than blindly trusting the mainstream anti or the mainstream scientific consensus. There's nothing more anti-science than that. If you want to support science, you answer people's questions sincerely. You let them ask questions. When they say, I think the earth might be flat, you give them actual data that supports an argument against the earth being flat. You don't, you don't bully them and call them names and tell them that they're just trying to harm people and call them anti-science and call them a bitch. You don't do that. So you know who else was told not to question? And I saw this mentioned in one of the articles about this whole thing. But the infamous um, Tuskegee experiment, which happened in the 1930s. <laughs> yep. Where... The, they, the government, where well, they took 600 black men, uh, about 400 of whom had syphilis and 200 of whom did not have syphilis. And they told them they were going to give them free medical care. And most of these were men who had never been to the doctor before. And then over the course of the experiment, they were studying syphilis, but they weren't they didn't tell these men they were studying it. They told them they were treating them. They were giving them placebos, and even though a treat there was a treatment that you know became recommended, I think it was penicillin or something became recommended uh, at some point during the study, like in the forties. They didn't treat these men; they let them die. Mm -hmm. They thought they were getting treatment, but they were taking placebos, and this is a really infamous dark blot you know, on America's history that most people, I think if you grow up um, black in this country, you've definitely probably heard of the Tuskegee experiment um, or you're more likely to have heard of it than yep. if you're you white, probably, but you, everybody should know about it. And people were rightfully pointing out in one article, they were saying, you know, wouldn't the social justice, wouldn't you think the social justice warriors here would be they're usually the ones taking something like that and then pushing it to the extreme and saying, you know, therefore, uh, black people, if there is a forced vaccine, it should, black people shouldn't have to take it. Right. <laughs> like they would take it to some absurd place. Like, 
we'll decide who takes it based on race. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. But they're not doing that. And they're barely, they're not even acknowledging that, uh, there might be maybe in the black community, you, you might be more, not again, I'm not a social justice warrior anymore. I do not believe all black people have the same opinions, right? But you might maybe on average, I'd be interested to see the study that's on average, do you, are you less trusting of science or of vaccines if you grow up uh, black and if you grow up knowing about that experiment? Maybe, I don't know. And it's just weird to see them discarding that. It's almost like, so because social justice left has this hierarchy of oppressions and stuff, right? They put black people really far at the top. Um, but it's almost as if COVID's like the most sacred now. COVID, because they like, don't Trump's actually everything. care about, yeah, they're authoritarian. So authoritarianism is the goal. They, they, they have a pretty clear end goal. So black people yeah. are only at the top insofar as it helps them push authoritarianism. And if it doesn't, then. And if it doesn't, yeah, it's like, oh, you won't take the vaccine? Well, now, now we're going to call you all these sexist racist names we're going to lie about what you believe we're going to call you all these things that you're not and we're going to bully you and shame you off of twitter yep yep so i yeah i'm i just that the idea that we can't i'm i'm the idea that you can't question that you can't ask legitimate questions we don't know what she thinks about vaccines maybe she's just ignorant about that's okay to be ignorant it's okay to not know something She's just asking yeah. questions. And it is not radical to 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 to, <laughs> to be a questions. mouthpiece for the the state and the mainstream consensus. That's uh, not radical. It's not radical to be like, oh, I'm so I'm so cool and radical. I'm so anti, you know, whatever. I'm I'm such a radical agent for change that I enforce the state propaganda. Against everyone. I well, how dare you question the state? Like that's not you're not the Resist. radical dude. You're They're not like the revolutionary. There. You're the jerk who's like bringing in authoritarianism. Yeah. You're the tool being used by the state. That's what you are. They're out there with the signs of say resist and right. what you're missing not is the word. Anything. No way. <laughs> what they're missing on that sign that says resist is the word that says nothing. Right. I mean, actually, what it's resist any change to the status quo. Like, it's it's just, it's amazing to me how what we used to think of these traditional hippies running around with question authority bumper stickers have grown up to be sycophants for authoritarianism. It is so crazy. They are just bootlickers. That's all they are. And it's like, well, are Vaccine's good. COVID vaccine, good. We don't even know anything about the COVID vaccine, by the way. <laughs> so I'd how would like you know? I'd like to go to a resist rally and just take some stickers that say nothing. And then when I see somebody with a resist sign, just be like, can I can I put nothing on your sign right under <laughs> <All> resist? Because right. <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> All right. Resist Sandman nothing. says okay. run, runner. Uh, says, I think that guy was referencing thalidomide kids oh okay they mean the guy not Tuskegee, not tuskegee maybe uh the thalidomide kids were the um thalidomide was the drug that was given to pregnant women for something or other i think with morning sickness or something um he's that... talking about why they called her a transphobe oh okay 
But thalidomide yeah, was that other experiment that was, it wasn't an experiment. Yeah. They, they, they just lied about it. They said, and it turned out, I think it killed like a couple thousand babies and, and like you had a lot more deformed babies. Um, but, but the mainstream consensus was trust the scientists, trust the science, the little, little, I mean, you know, that's the, that's the same mentality. It's the same mentality. And by the way, I'm not an ardent anti-vaxxer, so don't go around running that, saying that I'm anti-vaxxer. But I do, I am a vax skeptic in the sense that I think it's yeah. rational to be careful. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I don't have any disrespect for the ardent anti-vaxxers out there. I mean, I know some of them, their reasons are not rational, but some of them, I've talked to some of them, and some of them, their reasons are pretty well thought out and that's like yeah. all right like they've done a lot of research and like that's the choice they're making like okay i who who the hell am i to tell them that that can't be you know they, they have to do vaccines. It's their bodies it's um, their kids um yeah okay anyway. let's let's get let's get through these last super chats I think we're done, uh, i'm gonna right? have to wrap up more? yeah are we done oh good i thought i was done if there's a super chat good. i'm missing please tell me uh um so thank you guys for tuning in today. I know we had a lot of first timers here and I appreciate you guys coming over for Nerdrotic. Uh, this week, we've got a live interview tomorrow that we're going to be doing. Oh, yeah. um, we haven't announced it yet. We'll announce it soon. So I'm Can not going to tell you what it is. Though. It's 5 p.m. Pacific, yes. right? Yeah. 5 p.m. Pacific, we'll be doing a live stream of an interview. It's going to be great. We'll be announcing later today who it is and give you a little more info. And then um, we did, we pre-recorded an interview with an actor, my friend Clifton Duncan, and that is going to be coming out sometime this week. And that interview yep. was awesome. Hopefully Wednesday that'll be out. It's Beverly's a long one. has been editing it. She really enjoyed it. She messaged me and said, I'm really loving this interview you guys did Good. with Clifton. I think you guys are going to like it, especially if you're into the arts and you're interested in how wokeness has been affecting um, the, the theater world and um, how people have been waking up in the artist community. I thought it was a really fascinating discussion. Uh, also, I did this week. There's a lot of news. I did an interview on trigonometry with Constantine Kissin, Kissin and Francis, and that's going to be out, I think, on Wednesday. I'll let you guys know. Um, and then, uh, and then what else? And then we have Friday live show and we've got book club coming up on December 20th. We are doing one of Carter's favorite novels this month. We're doing the moon is a harsh mistress by Robert Heinlein. Mm -hmm. And we hope you'll join us. If you go to unsafespace.com and go to the book club page, you can find out how to be on the live video discussion if you want to be, or you can just be in the live chat like today. Yep. Yep. I still want to talk about a couple of things, but you want to wrap up. So that's fine. Uh, oh wait, hold on. Self-defense law gives us a super chat, but doesn't say anything. So okay. I'll put that up on the screen. Thank you. Self-defense law. All right. Well, Hey Carter, if you want to hang out? I just have a hard out today, but you can hang oh, out. You do. I'll, I'll do a yeah. quick, I'll hang out for a quick few minutes. It won't be long. There's just a couple things I want to throw out. Cause I want people okay. to be aware of them. Bye Carrie. Okay. <laughs> Bye Carter. I love you. Have a nice day. All right. You too. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's laughing at me. You can still hear her until she hangs up her Skype. Okay. Um, the real a couple real quick things. One, because um, I just want to I just want to point some stuff out because there's some sometimes there's bad arguments that are floating around, and I just want to uh, share them with you. One is, uh, and by the way, thanks to the team. I forget who gave me these, but it was probably Keith the Hat Guy and 
Jason and I don't know who gave me what. But um, one of them is this uh, opinion piece that came out in the New York Times. Uh, I'm not going to go into I'm not going to go through it because I want to be quick here. Want vaccines fast? Suspend intellectual property rights. Otherwise, there won't be enough shots to go around, even in the rich countries. So that's the, I'm not even going to I'm not going to go through the article at all. I'm just going to show you the headline. Done. Uh, not true. Um, vaccines don't happen without intellectual property rights. No one will spend the billions of dollars it takes to develop a vaccine, um, to develop drugs. All that all that development requires intellectual property rights. It's only valuable. I mean, by the way, the success rate of FDA approval, like getting a drug through a uh, like development process generally, and then through uh, trials, and then through FDA approval. I don't remember the exact rate, but it's something like, it's like over 99% failure. It's like, things don't get that far. And then once you're in the FDA approval process, I don't remember what the failure rate is, but it's not negligible. So getting all the way through there costs a lot of time and money. If you like to have modern medicine and you expect advances in modern medicine, like cures for cancer or drugs that will, you know, ease symptoms of cancer or battle cancer or or AIDS, as we talked about early, earlier, or anything else, including coronavirus, if you like modern medicine and you want modern medicine to be advancing, you need to have intellectual property. Otherwise, there is zero incentive for a company to try and risk money developing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a staggering amount of money that it takes to develop this stuff. So unless they can have a payoff at the end by being the sole supplier they're not going to do it. It makes no sense. People don't invest. You wouldn't invest your money. If I said to you, I think I might be able to cure cancer. Can you loan me some money? You might, you may or may not loan me money. You'd look at who I was and my credentials and maybe my, who I had working for me and their credentials. And you'd look at the progress we were making and you'd make a decision about whether or not Let's say you were going to invest a thousand bucks, whether or not you would get more than a thousand bucks back. You would look at your expected value and you'd take a risk. You'd take a chance. And it might be that you lose your thousand bucks because it doesn't work. Whatever we're doing doesn't work. Right. Um, but you'll definitely say no if, if I can't say at the end of the day, well, if we cure cancer, we'll get to charge for it. We'll have, we'll be the only ones. This will be our special cancer cure drug. And that's how you're going to get your massive return. Like, it just doesn't happen. So this idea that like suspend intellectual property rights uh, is brain dead. It's literally brain dead. Um, so I just want to point that out. The other thing I wanted to share was a little bit more fun. There's a TikTok video going around. And this one I know came from uh, Christ in one of our moderators in chat. I'm going to play it because it's a fun TikTok video because uh, it's funny to me. I don't know if it'll be funny to everyone. Here it is. Let's listen. Now, I believe she is an advisor to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm, I'm kidding. She's not. But she could be. Hey, so you know what I don't fucking understand? This is what I don't understand. See this? See this? See see that? This. This is worth $50? This is worth $5? This is the exact same piece of fucking plastic. This is the same thing. We made up these arbitrary numbers. And then we said, we can't print more or else the it'll, it'll be worthless. How about just don't let it be worthless? How about just don't tell anybody or just like don't let it happen? We literally made this up. This is a construct. We made up. Just don't let it inflate. 
Just don't. Like, people, I, I get, I get inflation, but I don't. Like, just don't let it, fuck. You let this happen. You let this happen. How about you just let everything else happen, too? Why don't you just let stuff not inflate? Like, just deflate it. So some truly, some truly awesome uh, economic analysis there. The, the, the reason I want to bring it up uh, is there is a grain of truth in what she's saying, and there's a clear misunderstanding what she's saying. And I know it sounds silly, and a lot of people who already understand economics are going to look at this and go, why is this even worth talking about? Um, but I actually think there's a lot of like economic illiteracy out there. <laughs> and um, so I want to I want to throw this out here. First of all, she is right in the sense that because she's holding fiat currency in her hand, there's no intrinsic value to that fiat currency. The value of that currency is merely a social construct, to use a postmodern term. It's merely an agreement. Um, it's a communal agreement about the value of what that currency is, in this case, dollars. Um, so she's right in that there's just a social agreement on that currency. Now, that's not the problem that she's pointing out so much. Uh, and, but that is actually a big problem because it means that if the, because there's no intrinsic value to that currency, um, it's very fragile to perception. So if, for example, if you're talking about U.S. currency, uh, if, for example, the rest of the world doesn't trust that the U.S. currency is valuable anymore, then suddenly it's not valuable. It makes it very fragile. And the, and the more reckless the U.S. is with printing their money, um, and making bad financial decisions, uh, the more likely it is that the rest of the world will cease valuing uh, U.S. currency. That wouldn't be true if it was backed by something real. I think she's, I don't know, maybe she has Canadian dollars. I don't know what country those dollars are. But um, it wouldn't be true if it was backed by gold, for example, or something something valuable, right? Because in that case, well, you could always redeem it for the valuable thing, so there's a floor. It can't actually go below that. So she's right in the sense that there's just it's just fiat currency. It's inherently worthless. There is no inherent difference between those two dollars. That's true. Um, that is true. Here's where she totally misses the point. <laughs> um, inflation. So I'm going to use the word inflation carefully here. She's using the word inflation to mean price inflation. Uh, inflation didn't used to mean price inflation. It used to just mean inflation of the monetary supply. And then you would have to talk about price inflation separately. I think it's worth teasing those two things out. Nowadays, if you look about a modern dictionary, inflation actually has been coerced as a term to just mean price inflation. I'm going to separate it out. I don't want to. I don't want to use the same term for both. So, she's talking about price inflation, and what she's saying is, well, price inflation also is some sort of just communal agreement. So why don't we just not have price inflation? Why don't we just deflate? If we can arbitrarily decide that these two uh, bills are different, why can't we arbitrarily decide that they we don't have inflation when we print or we just don't tell people that we print or whatever? And the reason for that is price inflation is not a function of, uh, it's not a function of communal agreement on the value of currency. It's a function of how much stuff there is, like actual physical stuff. Currency has no, uh, especially fiat currency, currencies, the fiat currency's value is only represented by what stuff you can get with it. And in the real world, not in the government world of printing presses, but in the real world, there's a limited supply of things. So if you want a new Tesla, 
there's a limited supply of Teslas. Now, yes, Elon Musk could ramp up the production of Teslas and blah, 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 blah. But even if he did that massively, uh, it wouldn't happen overnight. So in the, in the short term, there would be a limited supply. And eventually he's going to run out of engineers who can do it and scale problems and blah, blah, blah. So like, e even in that case, there's a limit. Um, but if you want certain things, there's a limit to those things. And if money gets printed, you don't have to tell anyone that there's more money in the, in the system. You don't have to tell anyone for, infl for price inflation to happen. Price inflation happens naturally without the consent of anyone by printing more money. It's a mathematical byproduct of printing more money. Because what happens is you have the same amount of stuff. When you print money, you don't print more Teslas. You don't print more bread. You don't print more iPads. You don't print more doctors. You're just printing currency. You don't print more stuff. So there's the same amount of stuff in the world. And human desire, human, human desire to uh, obtain that stuff is infinite, right? There's no, as, as anyone who's ever started out with not much money and started to make money has noticed in themselves, I'm sure, the desire is infinite, right? Even if it's not for things, you might be like, well, now I want nicer. The few things I have, I want them to be nicer. Or I want to take vacations more. I want to spend more money on this. There's, the desire is infinite. So the amount of stuff doesn't change just because the government prints more money. That stuff stays constant. So if you don't tell anyone about it, as she's suggesting, and you don't, yeah, you just pretend that you didn't inflate your currency. The price rise happens anyway, because it, let's say we could all go under a mass delusion and say, okay, we, our currency is massively inflated, but we're going to pretend that it's not. We're going to keep all the prices. You couldn't do this, but let's say you could, we're all going to agree. We're going to keep the prices the same. Well, what would happen? We would instantaneously run out of everything because uh, if in fact, when you take Let's just take uh, Teslas because I brought that example up before. If, in fact, you take the total number of Teslas that there are and you divide it by the total number of dollars available to spend on Teslas, right, you get a certain, all right, let's flip that, sorry, total number of dollars is available divided by Teslas, you get a certain dollar amount per Tesla, right? And if you suddenly increase those dollars, but you're not going increase to increase the price of the Tesla, you'll just run out of Teslas because a lot more, there's not more dollars to be spent on Teslas, but there aren't more Teslas. So you run out of Teslas. And that doesn't happen just with Teslas. It happens with doctors. It happens with medicine. It happens with bread. It happens with housing. It happens with everything. That happens naturally. If you, if you artificially kept the prices low, when you inflated the currency, you would run out of everything and people would die. That's what happens. Um, so I just wanted to point out that the the price inflation does not happen by consensus. It's not a thing that people agree to do. They don't look at what the Fed produced. They don't look at the dollars printed. They don't say, oh, it looks like we, we have a, a new, um, quote, stimulus package of a trillion dollars. Therefore, I'm going to uh, raise the price of bread. That's not what happens. The price of bread rises naturally because there's only so much bread. So... You can print as many dollars as you want, um, but the natural consequence of that will be price inflation. And there's nothing you can do about it. This is not something, this is not an agreement. The agreement comes at the, at, at the point where you're agreeing that your fiat currency is worth something. The agreement doesn't come, it's not an arbitrary agreement that prices go up. It's a law of nature. Uh, not a law of nature. It's a law of, of human action, right? This is, this, is how price, this is how the market responds, and it must respond that way because... 
you don't print Teslas. You only print dollars. That's why. So, um, that was it. I know that wasn't much of a exciting rant, and I know it was on money, but I wanted to clear that up. I love this video because I think it's a funny video. Um, and I know that a lot of people in chat are mocking this girl, uh, but you would be surprised, I think you would be surprised how many people watch that video, especially young people who are not being educated, and look at this and say, well, that makes sense. Why can't we do that? If we can arbitrarily declare that this blue bill is worth different amount than this red bill, why can't we just declare prices? Um, and I know that's scary to people who understand any kind of economics, but there's a lot of that out there. So, all right, that's it. I can leave you now. Uh, as Kerry mentioned, we have a live stream tomorrow at 5 p.m., and which will be an episode of Deprogrammed. And hopefully we're putting another video out with uh, an actor on Wednesday. And also we'll see you on Covfefe Break for Friday. So a lot going on this week. Thank you all for uh, watching. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You can go to unsafespace.com slash donate to support the show. Also, you can just buy stuff. There's a store there. You can buy merch. Uh, you can buy Unsafe Space merch if you want. And um, and if you donate at a level of 25 bucks or higher per month, you get this mug. Here, I'll find the mug. You get this grenade mug as your thank you. So um, anyone doing that, I'm going to ship grenade mugs out this week because I want them to arrive. I know I'm behind on a lot of grenade mugs for people. I'm going to ship them out this week because I want them to arrive before Christmas. So if you want one, uh, you've got a couple days to decide to describe, uh, subscribe at that level. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you uh, especially to um, not only my co-host, Carrie, but especially to Beverly and Jason and Keith, who are uh, excellent moderators doing their things, helping me out, and to Thomas St. Thomas, who is not a moderator, but also helping out behind the scenes and writing some great articles for Unsafe Space. So really appreciate everyone. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please report any sightings to your local Twitter mob. Did you know that gulags were actually compassionate educational institutions? If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean.
That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Here's a fun fact, resistance to mandatory white privilege indoctrination is proof of your white privilege. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake. <laughs>